Classic movie trailers of old school, 1980. Love that guy's cadence, love his voice, love the way he did horror movie trailers especially. And we're going to be talking about a horror movie franchise today, our second time doing a deep dive on a horror movie franchise, this one being, of course, Friday the 13th. But first, some introductions. You are, of course, listening to Castle and Chickie's podcast adventures. I am one of your hosts, Kev Castle, and along with me, as always, the lovely baseball chickie. The What's arch going on? enemies of Freddy Krueger. Oh, the arch <laughs> enemies. Yes. We're, doing, we're doing the other guy tonight. What's up? What's up? I love it. Yeah, it's going to be fun tonight. I was looking forward to this episode all it's gonna week. Be, uh, hopefully, it won't be too long. <laughs> A lot of movies. <laughs> it's going to be about this episode. I'll just warn everybody. You yeah. could probably you could probably have lunch, lunch and dinner while you're uh, <laughs> No, I don't think it'll be that long. Place. No, it won't be that long. <laughs> 
lot of movies though a lot of movies it's a lot of movies to cover actually we were talking about it earlier off the air there are 12 movies to cover and it's funny that they didn't make 13 yet i know friday the 13th i mean they need at least one more if you stop at 13 it makes sense i'm sure other people have caught on to that i'm like 12 they stopped at 12 they need one more and i'm sure there is another one somewhere down the line and Speaking of uh, that, uh, uh, like a newer version, uh, the latest version or the last picture covering Friday the 13th uh, movie was 2009 remake. Uh, the, um, what was it? Michael Bay, I guess, uh, was yeah. the one who put that out uh, from with Michael Bay, famous for, of course, with the Transformers, Transformers and stuff. Blowing everything up. Yeah, blowing everything up. Now, I'm not a fan of that franchise, but I was a fan and I know you were too of uh, the 2009 remake. And we'll get into that from mm-hmm. uh, the, the look of Jason, the, the whole uh, method of his uh, appearing and disappearing was not so supernatural after all. And the, uh, in the remake, there was a method to his madness. Yeah. They dropped uh, the supernatural. They dropped the supernatural. We'll get the into remake. all that stuff. Like I says, the, the different incarnations over the years and the people who played him from Kane Hodder to other actors and stuff. And what was really, if there was a real importance to who played Jason or was it just, you know, uh, the kills, what was most important in this one with the presentation of Jason or the way people were killed and uh, all the interesting kills we were talking about earlier, too. We'll go over some of the most unique ones tonight. There was some real doozies, as you know, Carolyn, like in uh, Jason uh, Takes Manhattan. Uh, this particular oh, one that was just <laughs> that's the one you he- pick. <laughs> no, it was just head shaking, you know, and even in, the, in 2009, there was some, again, interesting kills from really uh, the movie one when there wasn't even a Jason. A lot, of, I have to say, a, a, um, a lot of repeat kills. That's definitely one thing. If you watch the movies like back to back over, the, you know, I mean, there was what there was, I think, eight or nine in the 80s alone. <laughs> I think there's eight. They, yeah. they skipped one year. So, mm-hmm. uh, but when you watch them back to back to back, which I always do. It's like you just know you notice how often the same kills are are repeated, especially in like the first three or four. It's a lot of repeat kills. But I mean, listen, it's it's Jason with a machete. I mean, what's uh, you know, how many ways can you go about killing people? But they did get a little more creative through the the franchise. But yeah, a lot of movies. Yeah, they definitely got a little bit more uh, creative as time went by. And uh, like Friday, uh, excuse me, like Nightmare on Elm Street. They had their highs and they had their lows. They had it when Jason was frightening and they had it when Jason was a big goof. They had it when Jason wasn't even there. When Jason wasn't even there. There was an episode (laughs) where it was a uh, movie. There was an ambulance uh, driver (laughs) uh, where he didn't even appear. So again, um, they ran the gamut and and we're going to talk about always remember. There's only one Freddy Krueger, and that's Robert England. <laughs> right. Jason, a little bit more flexible, uh, you know. You couldn't do a Nightmare on Elm Street movie and not have Freddy in it. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, it's a different type. And also, uh, in fairness, uh, Jason, Michael Myers didn't really talk, uh, so there wasn't yeah, a need no. for a particular actor or, you know. The one good more... things about uh, the Freddy-Jason kind of thing, it has, you know, similar to Black Christmas, is the point of view. You know, you have the point. You didn't have that with Freddie. You have the no. point of view because mm-hmm. that's really, really what you you saw what he was doing like through his eyes. So that was kind of like the bonus when it came to Michael and Jason and stuff. Um, but yeah, a lot of uh, but a lot of censored stuff. I noticed, you know, watching, you know, rewatching. I mean, I've seen them so many times. But um, a lot as gory as you think of, you know, Friday the Thirteenth, usually gore and sex. Um, they're not as gory. I mean, there's definitely some gory kills, but even some of the other ones, you know, they cut away and blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's, it's not as, 
traumatic as I think people remember. I think in there you just mentally go there, but it's not it's not that crazy. Was that gory sex though? Was the sex gory? There's no gory sex, but I mean, in in the director's <laughs> cut of one of them, there is. Correct. I have it because I made a list of my favorite kills from each, my favorite kill from each movie, okay. and it's my favorite when we get to it. But and the director's cut, it's it's woo, it's it's good, it's graphic. We're gonna get into it in a few minutes. Uh, just go over a couple of things that have happened in the last couple of days. We'll get into our weekend, what's been going on in our respective lives the past week, as we always do, uh, every new episode. How was your week, uh, the breakdown? Sometimes there's not much to say, and sometimes there's a lot to say. Uh, but wanted to get into uh, an actor both you and I are familiar with, and everyone listening who passed away uh, just yesterday. Uh, Ned Beatty mm-hmm. uh, passed away at age 83. Uh, at his home of natural causes, they are saying, and I guess at 83, uh, you know, that's going to happen. Uh, 83 is a good, a good life, you know, and I think uh, Mr. Beatty had a good life. And I, you know, you, you, again, when people pass these actors, these, these kind of decorated actors, even if they haven't been active for a while, uh, which he hasn't for a few years as he's gotten older, but he has such a resume yeah. from the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, and even into the two thousands uh, to a degree uh, like he was, of course, in to- uh, some of the, the younger fans will know him as uh, one of the voices in Toy Story 3. Uh, but he's mostly known, of course, first and foremost, uh, when you think of Ned Beatty. Uh, and, I, and I wonder how Ned always I felt know. about this. Uh, <laughs> the squealing like a pig, the, yes, the... Uh, the uh, eye candy for toothless aggression <laughs> in, uh, in the woods. Uh, yeah, in the uh, for, uh, you know, backwards woodsman uh, who uh, found Ned Beatty quite attractive back in 1972. Yeah, tidy whities baby. Woo. In Deliverance. Yes, 1972. Fanning myself. We got to get video. I'm fanning myself. Along with uh, Burt Reynolds, of course, yeah. and John, John Voight. Tremendous, tremendous film. Uh, when was the last time you saw uh, Deliverance, Carol? I saw Deliverance. Um, last year, right around Ronnie Cox's birthday, it was on and I, I, and I, I just, I put it on and I was like, wow, I, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, but on television, it's, it's, you know, it's different than watching it on DVD or, or renting, whatever, whatever the term is now, stream it. I still say rent. Yeah, he was. <laughs> uh, it. it was his. Uh, he played uh, Bobby Tripe. Uh, it was his first movie role, 1972. Like I said, the great Ronnie Cox. All those guys went on to have tremendous careers. Yeah. Uh, John Voight, Burt Reynolds. My God, just uh, the, the four of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I know. That, what a cast. Just those. Oh, yeah. Men. What a cast. Uh, really, when you look at it, and of course, uh, uh, John Voight and Ronnie Cox are the two remaining actors still with us. Of yeah. course, Burt passed away a couple of years ago. Um, but some of his movies, as, as I look at his, uh, his, uh, movie list of things he's done, uh, you know, uh, the life and times of judge Roy Bean, pretty famous movie also from 1972, all the president's men from 1976 mm. award-winning film, uh, network, another award-winning film, 1976, he played Arthur Jensen, uh, nominated for Academy Award for best supporting actor, uh, silver streak, uh, a, a, a great movie. Uh, he was uh, he was an exorcist to the heretic, um, and then he did uh, Superman, 1978, mm-hmm. the original, Christopher Reeve, uh, and Marlon Brando. So just uh, I mean, what a resume just from the 70s alone. Mm-hmm. And then you know in the 80s he was in Superman 2, reoccurring character, The Toy with Jackie Gleason and uh, yeah. uh, Richard Pryor. 
Great film. You ever see The Toy Carol? Yeah. Uh, great, great, great film. Uh, Stroker Ace, and of course, 1986, uh, as uh, Dean Martin. And uh, Back to School, where Rodney Dangerfield goes back to college. Yep. What a memorable film that was. Still to this day, a hysterical film. Uh, as Dean Martin. I always remember when uh, he was sticking up for Rodney Dangerfield in the meeting with all the teachers, and the teachers want to suspend Rodney for cheating. And he's like, I really don't think you understand the amount of the check that this man wrote us. <laughs> and it was just so funny the way he delivered it. <laughs> I just don't understand the amount of the check. Money buys. Yeah, money. Uh, he was in the Big Easy in 1987, another big, uh, big picture. Uh, just uh, again, just a, a great, I know him great as, resume. I, I, I mean, I mean, I know him from a lot of movies, but he was um, Dan's father in uh, Roseanne. Gonna get to that, yeah. 19, <laughs> 1989, he made his first appearance in Roseanne yep. as Dan as Ed Connor, yep. dead Dan's dad. Uh, good Chris casting, Bell. right? Very good casting. Yeah, I, I liked it. You know, it was because you know John Goodman is a, a very big tall guy, and, and Ned wasn't very tall, but they they were perfect together. They were good. I liked them together. Yeah, he married Crystal. Yeah, you um, you believe that? Uh, yeah, he yeah. could possibly be his father. I, yeah, I told yeah. anyway, it was very believable. Was and very uh, believable. and they had a very tumultuous like relationship. Yes. They, uh, you know, Dan was always angry at Ed. Yes, like you know, <laughs> even all the episodes that he was in, up. he was always mad at him. And you remember the episode where he got remarried and Dan came in drunk and trashed yep. the house. Yeah, and Crystal's telling him get out. Yeah, and she's trying to throw Dan out and she can't move him. She can't move him. She's, yeah. trying, she's trying to get him out of the chair. <laughs> yeah, you know what? What always made me laugh about the, the the character of Crystal is she was very prominent in the first couple of seasons, and then when she married marries his father she like disappears you yes, know she, she i mean right. she gets pregnant i mean she is pregnant she's pregnant when they get married but um you know she has the baby and everything and then she kind of just totally faded out and, and i always liked crystal she was she was a little kooky character but um yeah no i liked i liked him on roseanne yeah, we uh we talked about that uh the the old Roseanne, you know the Connors. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't no, I don't no. recognize the Connors. Yeah, I don't. I've never even show. seen it. So yeah. Yeah, and uh, Ned never, I believe, didn't even make an appearance on that show. So, uh, he's probably too old at, at that point. It's been on the last couple of years. But, yeah, R.I.P. to uh, Ned Beatty, great actor, and unf unfortunately, you know, guys from that that time, you know, we're losing on the regular, you know. But uh, eighty three is a good run. And he had a good life and uh, he will live on in a many of a memories, film. Yeah. yeah. And then Roseanne is constantly on uh, that, those old school episodes. And ironically, watch uh, Carol this weekend. We'll come across one of those episodes, right? With, yeah, uh, probably. With, with Ed, Ed and Dan going at it. Yeah, you probably. Know, he was on Ed. the Golden Palace, too, but um, they don't show repeats of the Golden Palace. He played Blanche's uh, brother. Right. That was the yeah. offshoot of how long did that, that show last? That uh, take show was only of, like uh, a season. That's, was it even yeah. a season? Wow. No, I think it was just a season. I, I don't oh, okay. think I don't think it did two seasons. I, I, I honestly I don't even remember because I'm very um, I don't even really acknowledge it because there were things that were done in it that I that like went back to Golden Girls and I mm -hmm. didn't like it. So I don't even acknowledge it. So when the Golden Girls ended, I was like, all right, that's it. Because a lot of times they did. They you know, you do that when there's like a spinoff yeah. or a movie. It's like they go back and then they ruin stuff. They did that. With, I don't know if you have your Sex in the City, but they did that with Sex in the City too. In the movie, you know, they they ruined like one. They they did one thing that just pissed me off so bad with with one of the couples, and I was like, "Why are you doing this?" I was like, <laughs> so they did that with the Golden Palace. So I, I don't even. But they actually never really show it anyway. I've never seen it on television. Uh, I don't even know if you can get it on a DVD. I'm sure you probably can. But um, it had like some good moments, but it 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 wasn't. You know, it wasn't the Golden Girls. It was just. Different. I felt the uh, same way about um, 
Three's a Crowd, the offshoot of uh, Three's Company. Oh. And they had one season of Jack Tripper moving in with his girlfriend. With his and girlfriend. They eliminated Janet and Terry. I hated and, the way they ended Three's Company. Yeah, yeah. Like they should have ended it when they close, when they walk out of the apartment, boom, that's it, over. Why they had that extra scene where he's, you know, he's in the, the new building with the girlfriend. I, I, I don't, I stop it right there. I'm, I mean, I'm already crying anyway. So I just, right there. just I, I can't watch it. I just, it wasn't uh, said. It just, again, uh, well, you know, the, sad knowing that it's, you know, knowing that it's over. The yeah. funny thing is about stuff like that. It's John Ritter clearly was the star of the show, but it showed you how much he needed Joyce DeWitt and, and uh, uh, Priscilla Barnes and uh, Mr. Farley, Don Knotts, mm -hmm. uh, because yeah. it was the ensemble dynamic. when you put yes. the dynamic all together. Yes, there's always one standout. That's what's funny when people will talk about the 80s and if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan with no Hulk Hogan, I'm like, but he was also surrounded with Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, the British Bulldogs, Andre Heart the Foundation, yeah. Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant. Andre you know, the Bobby, Giant. He, well, I mean, <laughs> the, the tag team division, a lot. You, you, need, oh, yeah. you need all those parts. Yeah. You know, you need Jake the Snake, Rick Root. You, you need all that. It's Yeah, he's the lead guy, but you, you need that. You know, it just kind of proves that, that sometimes you can't carry something on a solo. Someone's uh, shoulders, no. they need that support. As you know, too, Carol, how many great baseball teams have you followed with a talk about one particular player? And it's true. Maybe that one guy is the home run hitter or the leader. But it, it's the, the connection team. that yeah. they have with the team, you know. Team. So it's uh, hard to, to, you know, people always think, ah, you know, fly on his own. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's also, I think... It, you know, it, it shows like that when they're so popular. I mean, I, I was um, a big Friends fan, and I remember they did the spinoff with Joey. Oh and, yeah, that's bomb. And I was like, Ooh. I like, I just couldn't. You know, I, I don't. I just, I like, you just leave well enough alone. Like, <laughs> like, just leave it alone. Yeah, all together. It's all about like, we money. We don't need to know all the other stuff because it's it's really not gonna work. Like, I just very rarely. I would say the only time off the top of my head that I could think of, and it's only because I, I literally have the DVDs in front of me, is Frasier. Like Frasier, and that was like Frasier a weird work, one yeah. because like you really wouldn't think if you were going to spin off, you know, somebody from that show, like was Frasier the one to go with? Because I mean, if you look at all of them, like who would you pick to do a spinoff of? Uh, you would think Sam, uh, the lead guy, you know, Sam, uh, you know, Ted Dancing. See, who but, uh, when I think of Cheers, I think shows, of Sam. Huh? So I, I don't like to do another show with Sam. I would just think it's another show with Sam. I wouldn't even think. Just call it Sam. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Simple. They're probably in a creative room. But what Frasier do we call? worked. Frasier. Yeah, no, Frasier. But also uh, props to the guy who played his father and his brother. Yeah. I yeah. mean, brilliant casting. And again, Oh yeah, it was came perfect. together. Take that father and brother away. That show wouldn't have been the same. Perfect. Yeah, so no, it was. It was really. It was perfect. It was we're gonna. We'll get into a classic TV series like yeah, that down do down the road. Uh, but I wanted to ask you before we start getting into the Friday the Thirteenth uh, subject matter tonight, our main topic. Um, yeah, what did you uh, what did you wind up uh, doing this weekend? I know you had an outing on uh, Sunday. Oh right? yeah, I had a barbecue yesterday. It was nice. How was it nice? It was nice. I mean, the weather wasn't it wasn't overly hot, so I was happy because I, I don't really like baking in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a sun person. I'm like a gremlin. Like I walk outside of the sun. I'm like, I light. No. That's why I'm very pasty. <laughs> if I was a gremlin eating after midnight, I'd be in big trouble. I eat a lot. But of when meat. is after midnight? You can't like know. every any time is after midnight when you think about it. <laughs> that is true. Don't feed them <laughs> so after midnight. Yeah. I mean, so with eight o'clock or so in the morning is after midnight. That's, I so. never really thought about that to be oh, honest. Seriously, you never thought about that? <laughs> no, if I ever run into Phoebe Cates, I'm gonna speak to her about that. I guarantee if you run into Phoebe Cates you're not talking about that oh my god 
my teenage crush my oh my, my lord my 50 something year old crush oh, she, yeah seriously she's still married to kevin klein yeah, yeah they're still together wow, still together still God. together what a lucky man god bless exactly <laughs> lucky man uh yeah i was like was a good-looking guy, though. I, I, I always he, is, liked he looks him. like my my, my uncle uh, looks a little bit like oh, him, yeah? Uncle Thomas. Yeah, my father's like brother, Uncle Thomas. Looks I like thought him. I think he's very good comedic timing. He's just I think he's really good. Haven't seen him in anything in recent years, though. Have you? He does a, well. He does. I I he plays Mr. Fish Odor in uh, Bob's Burgers, so he does voice. Oh, does he? Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, and he's yeah. good. I like him as Mr. Fish Odor. He's just, he was like the landlord of all the properties. So he's like a real dick. Really? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's so funny. I never watched like, that show. I got to check it oh, out. Sometime. I love that show. That's I know you do. I've noticed that it has a very weird reaction. You either have like the diehard fans like me who absolutely love it, you know, dress up, you know, all that go crazy. And then you have other people that like really hate it and still are like, how is the show on the air? Which I don't understand because it's you know, like, I understand Family Guy follows it. And Family Guy is just a very different show. Like, like, Bob, and it's very different from Archer, which I think, you know, H. John Benjamin fans, it's very different. I mean, he he voices both characters and and uh, your cat agrees with me. Thank you. And um, <laughs> see, she's got great taste, you know, and so I know like- the oh, you, can, you can keep talking and carry this out while, while I just tend to her for a second. <laughs> yeah, I know, because you don't watch Bob Burgers. But did you watch Archer? No, I don't think you watch Archer either. But yeah, like the, the, the dynamic between the two shows are very different. Bob's Burgers is more- um, a little more family oriented. And it's just, to me, it's just, it's so kind of goofy funny. It's not dirty funny. It's not mean funny. It's it's more of like a family oriented funny. And I get such a kick out of it. I just find it really funny. I love it. And I don't know why people don't, who like really don't like it, don't like it. I don't get it. I don't, I mean, I guess, you know, it's, I don't know, but I love it. I don't know if you, did you, are you still there? <laughs> I mean, we lost Kevin for a second, so I'll just keep talking about Bob's Burgers. So anybody who doesn't like Bob's Burgers, you can just write to me and, and tell me why you actually I am don't back. like. There, there you go. go. Don't like Bob's. I'm talking <laughs> to myself about. Poor kid. It's okay. Uh, yeah, when okay. you have when you have children, you have to tend to them. When you're little. <laughs> yeah. yeah, listen, things happen. Yeah, I know, I know. I just thought you know the the, the, the last thing you want is your cat uh, spitting up on your uh, no, bed. No, you no, know, that's, that's not a good thing. No. I'm sure people listening can relate. Had to save the furniture, but uh, she's okay. Uh, you know, just a little bit too much, uh, just a little bit too much grooming. Very excited about Friday the 13th. She's very excited about Friday the 13th. That's the whole bunch. She's a black yeah. cat, too. She's a black oh, cat. Oh, yeah, that's right. See, Friday the 13th, black cat, and all plays into each other. Let's get into uh, Friday the 13th now. You know, and I'm looking at the poster, and again, we he heard the trailer with that classic uh, voice, uh, you know, of the guy who used to do all the slasher and movie intros. I still hear it in my head and seeing it on TV, even on the, on the uh, poster. I, I love the poster. It's uh, they were warned, they are doomed, and on Friday the Thirteenth, nothing will save them. Huh? What a what a great what a great tag to get you into the movie. Right? <laughs> exactly. It's uh, Friday the Thirteenth for me. I don't know. I mean, even though it's not really, I guess, quote unquote, music. That that you know the you know the the famous the sound that goes with it. To me, when I there's like a few movies right off the top of my head that I can think of where when you hear the song, you just immediately think of the movie. Like even like instrumental, like Police Academy. I as soon as I hear the Police Academy music, boom! I know like I just think of oh, Police yeah, Academy. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, or like Terminator. You know, like those kind of things. Halloween. You know, like they had, like for me, Friday, like Friday, the Nightmare on Elm Street, I mean, you have like the, you know, the jump girl, the jump rope girls, the one two mm -hmm. Freddy's coming for you. But for me, like Friday the 13th has that very distinctive kind of movie where you just know, like, I think anybody in the universe, if you go, ch -ch 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 -ah -ah -ah, they're going to know. It's, it's Friday the 13th. And if you don't, 
You should know that. Like, that's and it's, just a, taught. And it started out, yeah, with the very first movie. It wasn't something that came live as we yeah. know the, the evolution of the film, and we'll get into mm -hmm. it. The hockey mask came along. There was something before. There was no even Jason in the original no Friday Jason. the 13th. Yeah. So uh, let's get into that. Friday the 13th, of course, uh, 1980 American slasher film was produced and directed by Sean S. Cunningham. Uh, Sean S. Cunningham was uh, the, the whole come about of Friday the 13th in general is uh, something some of you guys know, you know, Cowan, some people mm -hmm. might not know. Uh, it was prompted by the success of John Carpenter's 1978 movie, Halloween. Uh, yes. Director Cunningham put on an advertisement to sell the film in Variety in early 1979. Uh, while uh, Miller was still drafting the screenplay, uh, Victor Miller wrote the uh, screenplay. Uh, after casting the film in New York, uh, took place in New Jersey in the summer, 1979, on a budget of $550,000. Carolyn, and you spend more on shoes a year, correct? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah, oh my God. Not, <laughs> no, actually, not that, not that much. Yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> but right, right. People are like, really? How much you guys make? Oh yeah, no, um, yeah. People will believe that too. They're gonna be sending me messages. I know, I know, I know, I'm gonna get hate true. messages. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> no, it's not true. Uh, so a bidding war ensued over the finished film, ending with Paramount Pictures acquiring the film for domestic distribution, while Warner Brothers Pictures secured the European distribution rights. Uh, the film was released on May 1980. May 9th. Uh, excuse me, May 9th, 1980. Friday the 13th. It was a major box office success. It grossed, like I said, it was 550000 budget, and it grossed uh, $59.8 million worldwide. Uh, critical response was kind of divided, some praising the cinematography, uh, especially because there was a lot of wilderness and wooded area shots and stuff. Uh, much different from Halloween, which took place on the street and in homes. And it was, it was, uh, you know, people will call it a copy of Halloween, but I saw a vast difference between the two. And we'll, we'll get into that too. Uh, the comparisons to Halloween over the years, mm -hmm. obviously it was influenced, but that doesn't necessarily mean they were looking to fully copy it. Uh, but they saw that obviously slasher films and killers, you know, some, something in the dark and a, uh, a crazed killer uh, on the loose, uh, was 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 the vibe basically? Uh, that was the that was the move and back kill then. Teenagers. Yeah, and killing teenagers and uh, killing these kill, 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 killing teenagers. Uh, you know, having uh, gory sex. So he <laughs> said. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, Sean Cunningham was selling this thing before it was even completed. That was the funny thing. He just got a, a an idea in his head. And it, it would, and he was uh, putting it all together and piecing it all together, but already securing the rights and deals and stuff. Uh, something I don't think you can do today. I think there'd be too many questions about that, right? Trying to sell an yeah, idea. Yeah, trying to sell something that's not yeah. created yet. I don't yeah, know if you can get away with that today. You know, there's a lot of uh, outlawing it back then and back in the day, and a lot of people taking a lot of risks and a lot of chances, and a lot paid off. Um, again, you know, it, it was. Uh, a movie that spawned a lot of slasher films. I think Friday the 13th, the original, was as influential as Halloween with all the movies to come after it from the Just Before Dawns and the Fun House and all the different slasher movies that came after it. But uh, I saw Friday the 13th in, in the theaters uh, when it came out on uh, May 9th, 1980. I was 11 years old. I was on the cusp of 12. Went with uh, a couple of friends and parents. We coaxed some parents to taking us. And uh, I do remember my friend's mother trying to cover our eyes at some point. It was my friend Chris's mom. And she's like, oh, this is boobies? so violent. And she was muttering to herself of, 
you know, how violence didn't know it was going to be like this. And we're like shushing nudity? his mom. What about the like nudity? The nudity wasn't, was yeah. but it was it was or pretty extreme violence. for 11 year olds. Yeah. And yeah. also, I think they didn't want to be the parents on the hook that we went home and told them, you know, <laughs> what, what we saw. And it was funny because my friend Chris's uh, dad was a cop uh, at the time. And the mom was like really like the, the ultimate mom. Chris's mom was the mom. Uh, volunteered at school and all that stuff. And I think she thinks that we tricked her. I remember in the car, she gave us a dressing down. Oh, <laughs> no. I had, you said that this was not going to be that. Like we're 11. What do we know? So oh, no. uh, I, I specifically remember that. Well, lady. I, I specifically remember that. Oh, that I'd she's be freaking like, out if I took my friend's kids and, to a movie mm-hmm. and didn't realize that it was. Yeah, there's about four or five of us. Uh, and uh, I remember that, that she was mad at wow. her son. And then he got the heat of it. We, we got the most of the heat. We just were like, hey, you know, it wasn't our idea. Blame Chris. <laughs> we got to see titties and death. Yay. Yeah, no, we had seen. <laughs> whoa, 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 hold on a second. We weren't babes in the woods. We yeah. had seen t- uh, titties and nudity in Animal House two years before when we coaxed <laughs> someone else into taking us to see well, that. Well, I mean, if you saw Halloween, too, I mean, you know, I mean, Halloween. No, I didn't see Halloween in the movies. Not, didn't oh, see Halloween okay. well, in the right, movies. Yeah. No. Well, there was some, well, if you saw it eventually. Saw, <laughs> so yeah, saw it about Saturday Night Fever. I saw uh, John Travolta uh, forcibly uh, force himself into course <laughs> on someone in the backseat of a car. Uh, today we call that a crime. Back yes. then we called it sex. <laughs> um, but I, so we had seen at 9, 10, 11 again. And when I think about it, God, I wouldn't let my 9, 10, or 11 year old see Saturday Night Fever, the R version, or Friday the 13th at 11. I think under 12 is kind of pushing it. But again, back then, uh, we were able to uh, manipulate our parents quite yeah. quite well. Um, but I, I remember I, I, it was scary. I think it was more jarring seeing the kill scenes. That was some new stuff to us that we hadn't seen before. Um, and of course, and, and, you know, that's, and by the way, there's going to be spoilers tonight. If you didn't see, yeah, any, you haven't seen any of the movies, I, would I don't know what to tell you, right? Maybe go watch them and then you can listen to the podcast yeah, again. I, I, and shame on you for not seeing it uh, before yeah, I don't want to get hate mail. Oh my God, you told us the ending. Uh, the, the bloom comes off the rose with spoilers after uh, 40 yeah, the, years. I'm the, sorry. The last movie's 2009. So if you haven't yeah, seen yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. 2021. Yeah, don't, 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 <laughs> don't, no, don't, don't yell at us. Don't, don't blame me like we like Chris's mom did. Well, are you uh, because you know? I mean, I know you're a big horror fan, so am I. And Tom Savini did this movie, um, and I love Tom Savini. That's oh. the Godfather of gore. I Who mean, he, he. Oh my God! So yeah, that's one thing I actually. Every time I watch the ones that he did, I'm, I can I can always tell when it's Tom <clears throat> Savini. I'm like it's Tom Savini. <laughs> but yeah, him and 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 uh, uh, Sean Cunningham, they were they were good together. I mean, he was good with George Romero. But uh, yeah, he did the special effects, you know, all the makeup and stuff and special effects. Yeah, we're going to talk about why Tom Savini did not go on board for part two. And there was a good yeah. reason for that. He Because he went and did one of my favorite slasher movies of all time, The Burning, yeah. instead. No, The Burning. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Maniac. <laughs> no, Maniac was already <laughs> yeah. uh, had already yeah, come Maniac and gone. Uh, no, it was The Burning, The Cropsy mm-hmm. Killer, which is a great film. Um, so anyway, yeah, so Friday the 13th, let's get into it. When was the first time you recall seeing Friday? Yeah, obviously, the, you were not even born. Yeah, I'm not even going to be, I don't even, I honestly, I could, the, with the when exception, with the exception of uh, Jason 10, and Freddy vs. Jason, and the remake, I wouldn't be able to tell you when I saw the other ones. I've, I've seen them. I just don't know when. I don't remember well, going to see any of the other ones. I don't no, even no, know. No. Well, when did you get into the Friday? Well, we, we know um, you got into Nightmare on Elm Street. When did you get into the Friday the 13th? Yeah, Which, I don't remember I don't because I, you know, like I said, I was always more of the Freddy person, but I still, I mean, I loved horror. So, I mean, I love horror. So I like I don't remember when I saw Halloween, but I remember you know I I remember seeing it. I, it had to be I would think in the eighties. Um, I think the Friday the Thirteenth. I would say the later eighties. 
Um, I do remember um, which one. The fourth one is the one. Is the fourth one is the one with Crispin Glover and, um, yes, and Corey, Corey Feldman. Feldman? Correct. So I want to say probably like that's probably like you know no because that's still that's that's before that's eighty four. Yeah. So it, yeah, it had to have been later, like the way later, like 88 to 87, 88, right. somewhere around that. Because I mean, I remember seeing RoboCop, so I know it was somewhere around then. But do you remember uh, renting them on VHS or seeing oh, yeah, them on cable TV? Or No, I, I was definitely more of a renter. The, the cables, the, the uh, like cable for me was tricky because, you know, I in my house, I, I mean, I always was, I was recording a lot of wrestling and baseball. Stuff like that. So I would rent them and watch them, you know, when I could and and whatnot but um yeah i was more of a renter i wasn't you know we were you know, it was easier too like we didn't we didn't always have money and sometimes the cable like i said in the previous episode wasn't paid so, uh, yeah so no, we were definitely feel. more of a rent I, man i really wish i could i could have gotten my records before that place closed oh god yeah <laughs> oh it'd be so great to just see all the ones that i rented repeatedly but yeah i don't i don't remember when i actually saw the first like in the 90s you know i, I there were less movies but i remember seeing them i don't remember actually going to the theater to see them but definitely the later 80s i, I caught up and I, I i rented them well the whole thing about friday the 13th was that uh sean cunningham did a search and you know you can't do it there was no computer google search back yeah. then trying to search and see if anybody from the 1920s 30s or whatever ever even came up or anybody had copywritten friday the 13th as a theme or a movie because of course the bad luck day of friday the 13th had been around for decades and decades and he was surprised to find out that no one ever did a friday the 13th or owned the copyrights to the yeah. uh you know to, to the friday the 13th moniker so it was interesting and uh you know again sometimes uh was something you know he even figured out oh, some somewhere it's going to be taken then they're going to do a massive search uh they went to a legal team to find ah, someone's going to own the right there's some play someone did a short film or an independent mm -hmm. film that we never heard of but no lo and behold that wasn't the case and they were able to secure the rights uh, to the Friday the 13th, uh, because they were really determined to call it that because originally the, and I'm so glad they didn't go with this uh, title, by the way, a long night at Camp Blood. Was yeah. the oh, I know the Camp Blood. Title. Yeah. <laughs> Camp, Camp, Blood. Yeah, Camp Blood wouldn't yeah. have worked, right, Carolyn? Like I, it sounds beyond. It sounds very corny. Yeah, beyond B-movie. Yeah, definitely. Yes, definitely yeah. B-movie, corny, Camp Blood, you know, like it's not. Friday the 13th, because if you're superstitious, you know Friday the 13th, like, I mean, everybody knows Friday the 13th, but yeah. Friday the 13th for some people is a very superstitious thing on the number 13, right. you know, so it has a great, you know, you know, similar to Halloween and, you know, some of the other, I mean, nowadays, like, there's no holiday, it doesn't have a horror movie birthday, <laughs> like, everything has a horror movie, Valentine's Day, you know, but yeah, no, it, it, the Friday the 13th, perfect title, perfect, perfect for it, just perfect, yeah, totally works. Uh, one reviewer said, uh, Friday the 13th took motherhood and turned it on its head. <laughs> so that's, that's a great way to describe that film because, uh, and it's funny, and they're saying, you know, from the very beginning, the concept of this movie, uh, you know, they had no idea what they had here until, you know, the success came of it and ideas started spawning from after people seeing it and uh, completing the first film. And then, uh, you know, kind of a work in progress this was, Carol. This wasn't some well mapped out thing. You know, it yeah. was kind of, it was definitely a work in progress because they're saying, you know, in, in, from the beginning, uh, Sean Cunningham was saying Jason was dead from the very beginning. He was a victim, not a villain. 
Uh, yeah, he was. He was. Uh, I mean, he was, yeah. I mean, technically he's a kid. Yeah, he was a kid. He was a victim of negligence. He was never meant to be the villain. Which is one part of the story that always bothered me is that how, if he died as a kid, how does he come back as this huge, <laughs> <laughs> you know, until he's supernatural, then I can understand it. But before then, how does he grow? He should technically be my size. I'm 5'3". <laughs> so, well, 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 and that's, you know, a 13-year-old boy. In part two, he was not that long. You we'll know. get into his his yeah. more morphing uh, from oh, two yeah, to no, three, he, which I mean, tremendous you need to be a gargantuan of a person yeah right. i mean well the idea of uh, jason appearing at the end of the film but he was initially a child right but the, the the classic scene and we'll jump around a little bit here but they uh because the first film is just so important to talk about you know as as much as uh, some of the others even though some of the others well were, the twist is fantastic the it twist, really is the twist is fantastic it gets as much credit as it probably should I think, I, especially because in, in the 80s and stuff, it was always, you know, the women, it's still now, women are the feeble ones and, da, 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 and they're only yes. good for titties and sex and killing. Meanwhile, you know, I mean, the uh, the final girl is is a huge phrase when it comes to horror because that's usually the case in most horror movies. It's usually the girl that survives, you know, and in this case, it's two women going after each other. I mean, they're, you know, they're fighting each other to the death. You know, and that was the big, you know, the big twist of it is that he's technically not even the killer in the first one. No. Well, again, the idea of Jason appearing at the end of the film, they said, was initially not used in the original script in uh, Miller's final draft. The film ended with Alice, uh, the, the heroine, oh. uh, merely just floating on the lake and it just fades and goes to, uh, you know, goes to the uh, credits. The credits. Uh, Jason's appearance was suggested actually by you just mentioned him before makeup designer Tom Savini. Tom Savini stated the whole reason for the cliffhanger at the end was uh, Tom had seen Carrie a couple of years before that and had just watched it before he started working on uh, Friday the 13th. So we thought that we needed a, what we would call a chair jumper like that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, jump scare as they call yeah. it today. Uh, they called it a chair jumper back then. And he said, uh, let's bring in Jason and, uh, you know, go, go with this ending of him coming out from uh, the water and uh, pulling her under, uh, which was, of course, and, uh, you know, had Tom not suggested that completely different film. Oh, yeah. Or a di different situation. And maybe well, you not, not even any continuation. Maybe it's, yeah. it just stands on its sequel. own. Right. You don't have I a mean, sequel. what's the sequel? Because there's no I mean, other than just the fact I mean, you kill the main character who's who's killing everybody. So she's I mean, she's decapitated. You're not bringing her back. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, unless you do like some magic. But, you know, yeah, there's no there's no second to it. I mean, you could, if you were just going to do, you know, a regular movie you could have ended it that way but i mean the the arrival of jason you know the jump scare is so good because the music is just so creepy and then you have the fog and she's just chilling there and all sort of stuff and you really don't expect it you know i mean nowadays you're used to those kind of things and you kind of expect it you know certain times you're like all right what's gonna pop up what's gonna happen you know or whatnot but um you know back then that was new i mean this is 1980 so, you know, like people were not expecting that. If I'd have seen that in the theater, I probably would have like, oh my God, I probably would have leaped all the way back. Like Jaws popping out of the water. Like, oh yeah, well, I, I could tell you like, uh, you know, as they say, popcorn was flying and we definitely uh, jumped back. I remember yeah. uh, that uh, scaring the shit out of us. Well, of course it was the talk of, of uh, the ride home and then the talk of school, uh, yeah. you know, when we went back to school. So uh, again, that was definitely did, it did the trick. So Savini, uh, brilliant for coming up with that at the time and, and not going with just a fade out with her floating on the lake. Again, 
We wouldn't be here talking about it today if that was the case, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, you want to know, you know, you do research for these things and you find out interesting things. And this I never knew. Do you know the role of Alice Hardy, the uh, surviving girl on the boat? Maybe. They wanted Sally Field originally. For yeah, that I, I know. There's, sometimes you see those things, you're like, what? Sally Field. She was pretty. Yeah. And they couldn't afford, of course, a high profile actress like that. So they went with. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, know Sally Field. <laughs> Oh, it's a yes. very high profile actress. High po- she went on to do Norma Ray a couple of years later, big yes. award-winning film. And, she was um, Forrest Gump's mother for those who are- She was the flying nun in the 1960s and 70s on big well, TV show, The Flying young Nun. Young people are not going to know that. Well, they can look. Well, if they know Sally Field's career, I mean, no, obviously TV show. She also played Aunt May and Spider-Man for the younger people. <laughs> for the younger people. But there's a lot of older people in yeah, the show, I have I a feeling. Well, you never know. Like people, you know, like you never know who's actually listening. Who's going to go, who's Sally Field? Well, they can look. The great thing about it is they have the yeah, power. We have to actually live through this stuff. Um, yeah, no, I can't. Sally Field. I mean, the movie would have been totally different. Yeah, yeah. it would have been totally different. And uh, but there was one actor who was already getting established, yeah. and then became a superstar after that, and to this day is a big star. And that would be Kevin Bacon. My favorite death. Uh, Kevin I Bacon. made a list of all my favorite deaths in each movie. We'll talk He's about a, that's my favorite one in this one. Talk about that in, in, in a minute or two. But Kevin Bacon had been in, and I just talked about it before. Again, these parallel things that just come up by accident. Animal House uh, yeah. that had been his first movie. Uh, he was the guy who was like, all is well. And they run him over in the streets, start out of a house. They try to stop the crowd. Uh, and uh, he was one of the evil fraternity brothers uh, in the military fraternity, trying to ruin the good time of the Delta house. Uh, so Kevin Bacon was in that. I knew him from that. So when I saw him, I was like, oh, the guy from Animal House. And again, he wasn't that famous that he would go yeah. on, of course, to do Footloose and Quicksilver and all these, uh, you know, uh, these uh, hit films of the 80s. Uh, but yeah, he was just Kevin Bacon then, and he wasn't even the star. He was like the fifth guy down on the yeah, uh, no, on the was, list. Yeah. He's just one of uh, them. Yeah, the girl Adrian King, of course, who played uh, Alice Hardy. Who, by the way, what'd you think of? Uh, you know, but we'll get into Ke- Kevin uh, Bacon's kill scene, which was the best kill scene, I I think, too. In that, what'd you think of the cat? I wasn't big on the the girl who played Alice. I mean, I had sympathy for her, but she was kind of a wishy washy. I don't know. Like, I didn't like as the movies went on. I thought the cast were a little bit stronger. Three, four, five. There were some characters I really liked. I mean, uh, you know, she was definitely a heroine and, you know, in distress and you wanted her to live. But uh, she wasn't she wasn't like, a, you know, she wasn't a tough woman, but she was she mostly got lucky because the mother had a bad shot with the axe. So, uh, you know, <laughs> You know, she mostly got lucky. She wasn't going to be able to beat that mom. You know, I mean, the mother was looked like. Yeah, a, I mean, she, you know, she, she I mean, I, I personally, I liked her. I didn't mind her. I know I, I had, because I've seen and read specials um, on Friday the 13th. And I know like when, because they brought her back for the second one and she's, you know, she, we'll get into the second one. Um, but she had like a real life stalker. And that's why she, she didn't really want to continue acting. Like she right. wanted, you know, she wanted more of a part. So I think you know, um, I, her career didn't go, you know, as far as continuing acting the, the way, you know, whatever, maybe she had a mind or whatnot, but um, she, I, I don't know, I, I didn't mind her. I, I, you know, it's hard to, when it comes to any horror movie, it's hard to really cling to people because, you know, or relate to them or feel bad sometimes because you know, you don't, I mean, for the most part, you know, they're probably gonna get killed. So a lot of times, unless it's like, you know, a real true kind of storyline. I mean, the Friday the 13th are known for just having high kill counts and, you know, people that are just, you know, throwaway people where they don't, you know, they have a couple of lines and they're just there to get killed. So yes, she's the heroine of the movie, but 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really. I really didn't mind her. I, I didn't think she was that that bad. I thought, you know, I mean, because you you put somebody bigger in it, and it's you're gonna be it, it's gonna be too. I don't know. I, I I don't think it would work. Not for me, at least. I I personally, but I, I didn't mind her. I thought she was. I thought she was pretty good. Now the woman that did work and creeped the creeped Betsy the Palmer. shit out of me was Betsy Palmer. <laughs> she was uh, awesome. She was, and and the, and the thing about <laughs> it is, I'm actually older now than Betsy Palmer was in that film. <laughs> Uh, my God, she was, awesome. uh, she was on the cusp of uh, she, oh, she was in her mid 40s then. Um, but she was just uh, the face and the teeth and the smile and that yeah, kind of Cheshire cat smile that she had. Uh, yeah, she was awesome. She nailed uh, and that, that. that was, yeah, she definitely, she nailed, definitely that term, nailed man. it. Um, I mean, she's only in the end, you don't, she's not in. Right, she's you know, only she's, in, yeah, yeah, she's, she's, she's mostly in the end and the, the flashback stuff that she would be part of in, in some of the um, future shows like a look back but when she's doing like the crazy like when she's talking to herself jason mommy's here mommy i was looking at pictures of her on the jackie gleason show in 1958 she was a good looking woman like long yeah. hair just a nice looking woman yeah. uh, uh back in the day but of course you know we didn't know didn't know a lot about uh, about her um you know, she didn't have uh you know a, a, a huge resume but she was kind of known in the acting community and really uh, again i think ahead of its time because black christmas of course had billy which was a, a male killer uh michael myers in 1978 halloween a male killer and there were other little slasher films like savage weekend and stuff and always turned out to be a a a, a, a man killer male killer yeah yeah. this was kind They're of, all, a, yeah, exactly. of yeah, with a with a female not only a female but like what that one critic said turned motherhood on its head because again it was a mother avenging her son i hadn't i hadn't seen anything like that uh mm -hmm. i'm sure you didn't either i thought that that was uh, a great twist that's what made it not like halloween because when i see the comparison i'm like i get it's inspired by does not mean a blatant copy of so that's why uh, again from the um where it was in a wooded area counselors the thing that it had in common carolyn i think is because they all get lumped in sometimes is oh every, everything's a halloween ripoff that has teenagers in it but let's be honest, that's really who the, the killer, the most vulnerable and the people yeah. who are so carefree and doing things and could be susceptible to things like this were, were teenagers. I don't think, unless just Hollywood just outright hated teenagers in the 70s and 80s, just wanted to see how many of them they can kill. Um, because even if you go back to the movies, uh, Carolyn, from back in the day, uh, you know, the the 50s is the blob and movies like that. There were always teenagers involved at the drive in and the werewolf was trying to kill that the girl running through the woods. Yeah. So that was always that that was nothing new, in my opinion. I think just the the, the teenage format or, or the uh, uh, the youthful people, because they're living this carefree life. And, th and that's sex, why they're susceptible. Sex, right? drugs, sex, drugs, yeah, you know, yeah, and stuff and like roll, that. You know, uh, yeah, rock and roll to a degree, unless it was a uh, disco like in prom night with yeah, uh, Jamie right, Lee yeah. Curtis. But uh, again, I thought Friday the 13th w was kind of unique. I didn't see it as a blatant ripoff of Hall Halloween as I saw other films. Um, I don't think so. I mean, also in Friday the 13th, you know, for Halloween, it's, you know, it's not, there's really no gore in it. You know, you think you see things you don't. There's really no blood. There's no blood in Halloween. You hear the, yeah, you hear, yes. you hear the knife. You it's more, yes, it's more of, you know, what you think you're seeing and what's in your head. Friday the 13th, it was nudity, it was sex, and it was gore. You know, you were turning into the, it was turning into the 80s, and that was what the 80s, you know, became. It was, you know, I mean, other Friday, I mean, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street didn't have nudity, and it wasn't, to me, it's not overly gory, for, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. But, you know, Friday the 13th was definitely 
a lot more gory and I mean even Texas Chainsaw Massacre there's really no blood in Texas Chainsaw Massacre it's what you think you're seeing what you're hearing and what your your mind is doing which is always so much better than actually physically seeing it to me right but yeah for, I, I don't think to me you know I mean it's just I think over the years now people have you, know, you go through the quote-unquote horror icons and they compare the movies so much and you, you think it's a ripoff or this and they got their ideas but it really in 1980 Friday the 13th was like phenomenal in, in regards to the stuff that it was doing. And, and I don't look at it as a rip of Halloween at all. I really don't. I, I, other than killing teenagers, you're not going to kill kids and you're not going to kill 40 year old people. It's just, you know, <laughs> like that's, but, but clearly inspired by, but not blatantly. Yeah. I mean, of, yeah, right? a lot of, uh, yeah. I think when it comes to horror movies, that's the case. Look at black Christmas. It's, you know, college kids, you know, in, in a yes. house. It's it's all kind of the same concept, just spun differently. And, you know, it, it's it, back then, though, there were new ideas and there were new things. Now it's they just remake everything. So uh, but no, I don't I when I think of my and they're they're different storylines over the years, their franchises, they're all they're all different in their own little ways. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of being fired is one thing, but yeah, ripping off is totally different. Exactly. And being different is what, as we go into the next film, which is Friday the 13th, part two, 19 released in uh, 1981. Not the exact even a date. year. Yeah. May 1981, <laughs> May 1981. Um, and at this time, Noah was not directed by Sean Cunningham. It was directed by Steve Miner in his directorial debut. Um, so yeah, he had a different, it was produced by Steve Miner as well too. So Sean Cunningham, uh, letting go of the reins on this one for Steve Miner to come in and do his thing. And you can tell the differences, obviously, vast differences between this one and the first one. And uh, first and foremost with the director and the producer uh, and then the casting. And also with uh, now Jason coming in uh, as as the killer. No mm -hmm. more mom is dead. Mom has been beheaded, as we know, in the first mm -hmm. one. And that slow-moving uh, act scene. Yeah. Uh, you know, da -da. A lot of slow motion in the A lot end. of slow motion in this. A lot of slow motion in the Friday the 13th movies. And I know what you're all saying. Kev, did you coax any parents into taking you to see this one? Of course I did. Uh, they yes. didn't learn? They didn't learn no, from the title? No, no, no. We got new parents. <laughs> new parents. New parents this time. This time we, can, we coaxed, uh, my, I believe, my friend John Z's parents uh, to take us to see this one. Uh, my dad was not involved in any of the Friday the 13th uh, uh, gatherings. It was always other parents. It was a big group of us. Yeah, uh, yeah we, God, we were manipulating little bastards. Um, <laughs> but we wanted to see it because we loved Our parents it. didn't even go with us. Our parents would just drop us off. Yeah, then you had to. This is rated R. You yeah. know, you had to be 17. We were clearly 11 and 12. None of us were passing for 17 yeah. at this point. Um, so, again, this <laughs> film came out again May 1981. Uh, and the budget this time was one point one point two five million, and the box office ended up being twenty one point seven million. So again, big profit made. Uh, again, Steve Miner is now in his directorial debut. Uh, Betsy Palmer was killed in the last film. Uh, they're bringing now Adrian King. Yeah. Uh, if you remember this film, uh, Carolyn was in the beginning. Very odd beginning. Let's talk about the beginning of this yeah. film. She's in her house. She didn't want to do it. I know she didn't want to yeah, do it. She didn't want to do it. She's she in our house and she's the survivor of the first one. Yeah. It's I think it's supposed to be like the next day or something. Because they were known sure. for doing that. 
But this is where it gets very odd. Or a couple of months. It's supposed to be very close. Within the year. Yes, the year. I think Let's it's a couple of months. Year. Okay, well, it's raining outside. It yeah. looks like it's a she's fall. A and she said, you think she would go to like an apartment building? Like right. she's in a cabin in, in the forest. She's, she's in the, yeah, she's in, she, I'm sorry, people. I say the forest. I know I'm going to get ripped well, to that, well, but I say the forest. Well, she's in her home and she's <laughs> making tea, I guess it was. And um, Yes. Is it, yeah, I think she's making tea. She's making tea. And you see feet on the street like in boots and jeans. Remember that scene? And just walking, it's like a wet ground and a person is walking and you don't thinking much of it because again, there was a female killer. We don't know. We know that the Jason with the boat and all this stuff and the boy, what about the boy? Yeah. And remember the Joe, we didn't find any boy. Was it a mm -hmm. dream? We didn't know what it was. And he's still uh, there. Yeah, exactly. No, we didn't even know if that was just a dream sequence. You really weren't clear on these things. And you got to remember, yeah. there was no, you go online and look it up. There was nothing to look up. You go see the, uh, oh, a new one came out. You wouldn't even get a, a, an indication. There was no entertainment tonight. At that point, that was like a year later. There was no uh, TV shows like extra anything we're doing. Oh, you know, if in case you haven't heard a new Friday 13th is coming out. It was like word of mouth, Carolyn. Or maybe there'd be a, an article in the paper about they're making a new one. Maybe if you read the daily news from cover to cover, you might see it in the back. Uh, you didn't know until you saw the trailer on TV, quite honestly, yeah. with these films. Um, unless it was major breaking news and a major star was in the film, you didn't know shit. So uh, like if Stallone was in it, you, you would have found out. Rocky fights Actually, Jason. I'm going to look it up right now because I know. When did Fangoria come out? Fangoria magazine, Fangoria. yeah, because that was like I, that was like that's a specialty magazine that yeah, you have to no, buy. Yeah, right? yeah, you, you had know, to buy main, it. Mainstream it people like, yeah, would, it. yeah, you know, main, you know, mainstream. But people I was just curious. It. Yeah, I mean, it's probably like out there. You know, there were some magazines out there, just like the wrestling. Yeah, nineteen seventy nine. So yeah, if you were a Fangoria yeah. fan, you could find out some stuff. That was like right. the wrestling cheat. Right. If you were a diehard fan, that's the first. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of was Fangoria when you said that. All right. Other than yeah, trailer on television. That was really. I mean, that was how I probably did because I was, you know, I, I mean, I wasn't born yet, but, you know, like for stuff like that, I definitely, I mean, I wasn't paying for Fangoria. I was paying for wrestling magazines. So. Okay. Well, <laughs> to be, to be accurate, it was two months after the murders of Can Crystal Lake. Soul survivor Alice Hardy's recovering from a traumatic experience. She's in her apartment when Alice opens the refrigerator to get her cat some food. She finds this, she, she finds the severed, she finds the severed head of Pamela Vores, uh in her refrigerator. And then gets murdered from a uh, uh, behind, uh, you know, her uh, behind for come from behind her figure and murdered with an ice pick to a temple by an unknown assailant. Now, at that time, again, watching that, we have no idea that this is Jason. We're just thinking someone killed the girl who survived yeah. the boat. We, we didn't put two and two together because that was a kid in the lake. You know, how did he, yeah. you know, put on, how did he get so tall? Exactly. And now he's wearing jeans and boots and, and stuff. Like it was just strange. Dead, so it's like, who killed her? Right. So five years later, uh, they open up a school for camp counselors on the shore of what was Crystal Lake. Of course, as we'd be, uh, we, you know, remiss if we didn't mention Crystal Lake was the name of the uh, the camp. Um, Jersey. You know, yeah, exactly. New Jersey, filmed in New Jersey. <laughs> and uh, again, uh, you know, they start. Uh, Amy Steele was in this uh, film, uh, who was in April Fool's Day. Pretty good uh spoof on a slasher in 1986 she was also in an episode of family ties as michael j fox's love interest in the early 80s so amy Steele uh was a little bit of a known actress or would go on to be a little bit of a known actress but she was uh you remember her in this uh the blonde girl mm -hmm. who was a little bit tougher than uh, alice by the way amy Steele was a little bit more badass uh bigger girl she actually amy Steele actually looks like what's the name of that female comedian the blonde girl 
Uh, what's Schumer? her name? Amy Schumer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> she looks like Amy God. Schumer. A little Amy Schumer thing going on there before Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer's having a bad week, man. Oh, my Lord. Oh, she, she really is. She had, oh. oh, yeah, the other day she was, there was a picture of the people that thought it was her. It wasn't her. It was, uh, very oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I heard about that. So, um, again, you know, here we go with the counselors, and it's the same kind of premise, again, uh, going yeah, to The premise Crystal doesn't Lane. change. Premise doesn't change. <laughs> it's, it's people going to camp. Yeah, right. Camp camp, basically sort of camp counselors, but then it, it kind of switches off. It's not really, it's just teenagers. Uh, uh, they had that crazy guy, Ralph, on the bicycle. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah, all, he was funny all You're all doomed. Yeah, he was funny in the first uh, one. Yeah, Ralph doesn't make it, though, because he gets garroted from behind by a tree by an unseen killer again. Now, as you're seeing the killer peg uh, knock people off, you're wondering, did the mother actually die? Is this the, you know, could this be? And I remember being like 12 and be thinking like, maybe it's a relative of the mother. We're not thinking it was the boy from the lake. And we'll keep wondering what happened to the boy in the lake from the first one? Did they fish him out and he's in a mental institution now? We didn't think it was this man because when you saw the figure and you saw the, the, the boots and the shoes, you would see them walking through the brush. You didn't think it was this kid, you know what I mean, Carolyn? Who did you think it was when they showed the pillowcase? Uh, again, I wasn't sure. No, but I, I wasn't sure. No, but still no mass. It's a pillowcase. No, but because I'm still thinking that was a 12 year old boy in the lake, and a 12 year old to me wasn't yeah, some I big enough person to take out a bunch of exactly. bigger teenagers. You know? Yeah. Whenever they showed somebody bigger, taller, right. who, who looked like a man. I mean, even in that's the sort of deceit in the first one. Whenever you do see somebody get killed it always kind of looks like a man's arm you know it, it it's it, it's it gives us the impression that it's a guy and that was sort of the twist of like you know that it was actually a woman so in the second one it's like okay well who could it be because you 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 do think that he's still a boy i you know like he didn't grow you right. see him in the lake as a boy you know and he's dead in the lake so you know, other than thinking maybe she had a flashback or whatever it is, you're not thinking he's alive. Like you're, you're told he's dead anyway. You know, plus he drowned in 1958 and then the movies are supposed to be based. He was well, preser he was well yeah. preserved. Though. <laughs> yeah, he didn't rot or anything. Yeah, he was. He didn't but, get by fish. <laughs> yeah, no, but, you know, so there's a lot, you know, we'll get into what your favorite kill in this particular movie was. Oh, uh, yeah. Mine was probably the dude in the wheelchair. Yes, that's it. Mine, uh, yeah, Mark. Okay, yeah, yes, okay, Mark is my favorite Yeah, Mar one. Mark with the machete slammed into his yes. face as he goes down the flight of stairs. So, yeah, we might as well mention it now. That was our favorite kill. Yes, he gets slammed in the face. Uh, now, the a killer moves up. Yeah, right, and, you know, the killer goes upstairs then and impales uh, two characters, Jeff and Sandra, with a spear as they have sex. I believe that, now that's gory sex, right, Carol? Because they're on top of each other. Spear goes right through. No, that's actually not gory sex because the girl uh, who I think was Sandra, I think that was her name. The mm -hmm. actress was actually only she wasn't legal. She was only 17. So that's not that's not one of the uh, there's no nudity in that one. Oh, there's no nudity. Okay. Yeah, no, not not in that scene later on, you know, okay. and, and so, but yeah, not with her. Well, then he stabbed uh, another character, yeah. Vicky, with a kitchen. Yeah, she gets, now, yeah, they get stabbed through the bed. Uh, Again, to mention now uh, what you're seeing and what you're about to see uh, when you see him more in full view, he's wearing a uh, tied sack over his head, uh, the killer, with one eye kind of cut out where it sticks out. Now, this was uh, a copy of the Phantom Killer from The Town That Dreaded Sundown, which came out in 1976. Uh, anybody who's a horror buff knows that uh, they definitely, uh, Minor, definitely borrowed from uh, Charles B. Pierce. Uh, his film, I think Charles B. Pierce had a real problem with that at first, that uh, he's copying the look of my killer in my film, The Town That Dreaded Sundown, uh, which was also a very frightening movie. You've never seen that, have you, Carolyn? Uh, the Town That Dreaded Sundown? 
No, I don't think I've seen you that. Got to check that out. It's a great film. Mm -hmm. So the sack thing was was uh, already being done, uh, had been done before, but obviously it's a different film and, you know, people's, you know, uh, rights to certain things. Uh, people didn't uh, copyright or claim uh, claim it till it was too late and someone, they saw it in someone else's movie. Uh, and then the lawsuits could uh, go back and forth on these things. But I don't believe uh, Charles B. Pierce ever took uh, minor to court over it. But in uh, before Charles B. Pierce died, he had said you know, Friday the 3rd, that whole look. Now, and I think that was the problem. They were pressured because people were saying, eh, you know, it's kind of a copy of another a lesser known film from the 70s. And I think the, the jump to uh, Hockey Mask was purposeful. But we'll get into that, too, of course, talking about three. So that look with the sack, what do you think of that look uh, for the killer, by the way? Uh, with the sack? Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not, not a I'm fan. Not a fan. No, not at no, all. Not a fan. No, the hockey yeah. mask is much better. But I'm yeah. not a fan of that. It just, I, there's first of all, there's nothing overly frightening about it. I, I mean, other than maybe. Oh, it's a little disturbing with the eye sticks sticking yeah, out. Yeah, I guess so. But I, yeah, I don't no, know. But you saw I, what he looked like underneath it. You realized that. Oh it was yeah, scary. yeah. He was he was scarier without it on. So just leave yeah. it off. You know, like I would. You know, like just be gross. So for me, I, I think also for me, I'm so used to the hockey mask that. You know, it's kind of like Freddie and his fedora and the and the glove. Like without it, it just doesn't. You know, any anything else would just seem weird. So I think for me, it's like sort of embedded in the head of. Right, but this needed to happen. And it's, like it's the evolution of a character. Yeah, you know, yeah. kind of. I like, mean, also, you look at it now, and you don't think there's going to be eight more movies. So you know, at the time, I'm sure it it you know had its fear, sort of. But yeah, I think the the mask was much better. <laughs> Well, uh, again, as uh, Ginny, our heroine here, played by the great Amy Steele, um, and her, I guess it was her her boyfriend, Paul. I didn't realize she was such a big Amy Steele fan. Uh, Amy Steele is huh. just, uh, you know, a legend. She's her. just a legend. Uh, <laughs> Michael J. Fox had a thing with her in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and her boyfriend, Paul, returned. Oh, his uh, birthday just passed. It was last week. Yes. Well, happy birthday to Michael J. Fox. Yes, Michael J. Fox. 60 years old. Oh, my God. How is that possible? I know Alex. I didn't deal with it well. Uh, <laughs> uh, they uh, they come back to the uh, the uh, I guess what would you call the cabin the cabins to find the places in disarray in the dark. The killer comes out and ambushes Paul and continues to chase Ginny Amy Steele through the camp and into the woods where she comes across the shack. After barricading herself in time, she finds an altar uh, with Pamela Vorey's severed head uh, in it. Surrounded by a pile of bodies, realizing that Jason Voorhees is the killer. She puts all two and two together. This guy killing all my friends is this woman's son. The legend of her being killed is true. Uh, Ginny puts on Pamela's sweater. Remember that uh, scene? Uh, yeah. Carolyn. Uses, uses, yeah, yeah. And uh, tries to psychologist. Like psychologist. Or yes. Something. She studied it. Yeah. Tries to psychologically convince Jason that she is the mother. Uh, Jason's not the brightest bulb in the uh, Gerard in this film. Uh, he's kind of like a he's kind of like a Keystone cop, like in this yeah. film. A lot of falling down, and you know, uh, when he gets on the chair and he tries to stand with the thing and he falls from the chair. Yeah, and the, yeah he's, you know, he's, he's super goofy. A little bit of an oaf in this one. A little goofy, bit of yeah. an oaf, and he's not that clumsy. big. And he might weigh about a buck sixty, to yeah, be honest a with clumsy. you. Um, so the, the ruse works briefly until Jason sees his mother's head on the altar and awakens from the trance that he was in. Uh, Paul suddenly returns and tries to save Jenny, but Jason uh, uh, incapacitates him. Just as Jason's about to kill Paul with a pickaxe, Jenny picks up the machete and slams it down onto Jason's shoulder, seemingly killing him. Paul and Jenny return to the cabin. Here's someone outside thinking Jason has followed them. They open the door. 
but it's it's a dog. It's Terry's dog, Muffin. It's always nice when it's a dog and not a killer, right? <laughs> you can appreciate that, right? Yeah, I, I prefer dogs. Yes. <laughs> so Over just, killers. Just as they sigh in relief, though, this was a jump scare, too. Another chair scare, as uh, Tom Savini calls it. An unmasked Jason with no sack over his head and full, you know, mutilated, you know, monster face bursts through the window from behind and grabs Ginny. Then she awakes to being loaded into an ambulance and calls out for Paul, who's nowhere to be seen. Uh, leaving his fate is kind of ambiguous. We don't really know what happened to Paul. Uh, you know, that, that was interesting. A couple survived, but Paul is gone uh, after he supposedly again much like in the boat when jason pulls her under she wakes in a hospital and Ginny again gets attacked pulled through a window but then she wakes up in an ambulance you see the correlation there that yeah. they survived an attack but we didn't actually see the attack yeah yeah you know they, I mean? they, 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 they do that quite a few times actually yeah they do it quite a few times yeah. so back in the shack pamela's head remains on the altar and you hear the ch -ch -ch as uh, we, we all love that sound uh, but jason is nowhere to be found and it rolls the credits uh, a lot of people had a problem with the ending because they said it just made no sense because again, what happened to Paul? Be he was alive for later. <laughs> yeah, be prepared for later. You know, but Paul, no yeah, but, you know, Paul, we have a man survivor, the, the, the actual boyfriend of the, of the heroine and he's never explained what the hell happened to him. And again, she was pulled through a window and then she's getting loaded up in an ambulance. And yeah. again, it's another situation of where's that guy who was, killed all my friends well we, we didn't find anybody mm -hmm. you know and this is good you're right carol this is a theme that's oh yeah happen. it's a theme throughout yeah I, I think out of all of them for the friday 13th definitely have the most inconsistent oh a lot filming, of storylines just stuff that happens you know later on and i forgot which one it is he teleports all over the place he's like right, right behind everybody though jason takes my hand he's just right yes. behind everybody it's like how the fuck did you get there well, well, uh, <laughs> So getting right into part three, now I can speak on this because now I am of age where I went to the movies. I am in the eighth grade uh, going into my, this is the summer of 1982. This is August 13th, 1982. I remember this well. I went with half my eighth grade class. We were all going to different uh, high schools. We graduated St. Mark's that uh, June and we hung out all summer. All of us, was like 30 of us. And we went, we took up three rows of the movie theater. Uh, we all went, we got in, even though it was rated R, uh, we were all 13 at that time or 14, eighth grade was going into ninth grade. So we were all about 14. I just turned 14 and uh, we got in and we took about three rows, girls, boys, you know, I, we all had our little boyfriend, girlfriend things going on there. Um, ironically, I was dating someone with the same name as you, Carolyn, Ooh, wow. still friends with her to this day. Aww. And I uh, just like, like I said, uh, I get along with Carolyn's. So I just, just I have a, I have a connection. Same um we're awesome we really i know are. you're you're very we awesome really are awesome um august 13th like toot, i said 1982 toot. you know where i went to see this carolyn uh brighton beach theater movie theater Remember oh, brighton wow. beach movie theater yeah oh my lord brighton beach movie theater which i don't believe is there anymore no uh yeah it's got to be gone no. um and we went and took up three of those now the ua is still there right now the <laughs> great thing now i'm sure you knew about this the original concept of this was it was in 3d mm-hmm we got our 3D glasses at 7-Eleven because they were doing a tie-in with Friday the 13th, 7-Eleven at the time. And we got all had our 3D glasses. First time any of us are seeing a 3D movie, Caroline. So this was very Aww. exciting. This was very exciting. Uh, and uh, again, uh, the movie theater was packed. It was on a Friday night. I remember it well. And we loved this film. We had a ball. Like I said, there was about 20, 25 of us. 
Uh, you know, it was pretty much the whole class. I think people thought there was a class trip that night. To the movie yeah, there. I was going to ask you, when you said it, I thought, you, I thought it was actually. No, 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 no. We just, we hung out in a huge group because we were all going our separate ways in high school. And we were so close as friends in that, uh, for, you know, St. Mark's and Sheep's Bay was first through eighth grade. Yeah. So we were together for a oh, long time. Okay, yeah, so, okay, yeah, so big, we all promised to have this big summer, so which we did. you didn't have like a junior high. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Yeah. Straight up first through eighth. And then uh, well, if I was alive school. or old enough to do, I would not have gone to see it because it came out August 13th. So that's Friday the 13th. So right. Like, nope. That was why it was packed. Like, nope. Oh, my God. It was packed. I'm going to pass. I'll see it on Sunday the 15th. I remember me. me <laughs> I would not have done that. Me, my friend John and my friend Rob. My friend Rob's still one of my my good friends to this day. Uh, went to get tickets in advance. We bought the tickets for everybody. We had, I remember John collected all the money from nice. everybody. We had like a, like $200, I think, with us. I remember movie tickets were like $5 or something then. So yeah. we had, I mean, we were buying tickets for like 25, 30 people because we had to get it because we knew that it would be sold out. Mm. So, uh, you know, we were pretty we were pretty smart. We were pretty business savvy for 13, 14. And I just remember it being one of the most fun movie outings ever because, uh, you know, it, again, seeing it with so many friends and the reactions and we were you know, messing with the girls and trying to jump scare them and stuff like that. It was just a great film. And the 3D thing was a new experience. Now, I'll be honest with you, Carolyn. Uh, the 3D thing, not so great. A lot a lot of hype, in my opinion. You ever yeah, see a 3D yeah. movie, by the way? Yeah, I've seen. Oh, I've seen actually a bunch. A like lot, which ones but... have you have you seen 3D? What was well, the first I've 3D seen... movie you saw in the movies? Do you remember? Uh, oh, my God. Oh, I have no idea. No, I can't even. I don't even know because I know well, this... I didn't see Freddy's Dead because my, my mother wouldn't let me. So I know it wasn't that. So I, I don't even know what the first one was. But yeah, I mean, I've seen, you know, in the 2000s, it became popular again. It did. So and then obviously see, technology was a little I, bit I actually better don't even like it. I didn't even like it. I didn't like it at all. Because that was like all the rage like 10 years ago. Everything was, came out in 3D. And it just, I don't know. I, I didn't see, and it cost more, of course, you know, tickets are, I remember I, I went to see the uh, third Transformers one. I, I saw it in the IMAX with the 3D. Right. And I don't know. I just don't, I don't think it does anything that spectacular. I think that's why it died out again. But um, the one thing, at least nowadays that, but in the, you know, in the eighties is if you watch that movie now and you see, like you see the specific 3d scenes, you know, like when the, the popcorn popping. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I listen, that we, no, like it's so purposeful stuff. that, you know, because they just wanted to, you know, with the 3D to make it look, it, I mean, when the, with the arrow, it's like pointing right at you. I mean, it, you know, I'm sure it was probably cool at the it time. Was, it was very, it was very cool. And yeah. I, could tell you, I could tell you initially it was cool. Like I said, it was a little bit more overhype. And as it, back then, you know, I mean, again, things were oh, fresh, yeah. things were new. 1982, 13, 14 years old. This is, this is life you know i mean every everything is a good time you know what i mean it was more of the company that you kept and actually the event itself sometimes uh you know you look back so fondly on these things and then you realize how a mediocre film it kind of was but um again it was a budget of 2.2 million the budget keeps going up little by little because obviously they're getting out there a little bit more now uh you know other creative kill scenes are happening they have to be more creative uh, they're hiring bigger cast as more teenagers, as more characters in these roles. So uh, the budget's going up, but it uh, made a box office of $36.7 million. And once again, directed by the same guy who directed, not Cunningham is not back yet, but mm. Steve Miner directs this one uh, again. And it's called uh, Friday the 13th, Part 3, 3D, A New Dimension in Terror. And I remember the trailer, same guy who did the intro of tonight for our show for the first one. Uh, like I said, that legendary voice who did... Uh, 
uh, such a great job. He, he was really the voice of movie trailers back then. Um, and the plot is uh, pretty simple. Following the events of the night before, a badly injured and unmasked Jason Voorhees goes to a lakefront store for a change of clothes. Uh, Jason, by the way, has put on 75 pounds <laughs> in one day and grew uh, about six inches. Uh, he was uh, basically a linebacker at this point, Callie. Now, can you, Callan, I know that uh, steroids are very prominent in the uh, 1980s, but do you think in one day Jason could put on 75 pounds and grow four to six inches? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not even like a day. It's like the next, it's like the night to morning. It's, the, so it's, it's only like a few hours, you know, and, and he got pretty beat up. So to walk and, into, and, you know. Yeah, he walked into a store. Right. Uh, He murders the store owner and his wife. And uh, uh, again, uh, here we go with a bunch of new teenagers now going to spend uh, time on uh, Crystal Lake to spend the weekend. Uh, You would think, by the way, Callan, that these areas would be completely roped off from the murders that I before. They pulled the paper, I guess. Apparently, again, we. Today, kids and the internet, Carol, can you imagine the questions oh, of yeah, how no. can this be possible? No. Where's that? They just had a mass murder and the, the roads are open for people to go in and frolic now again. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. It didn't, again, this is a different time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, those of well, you. Well, I always said the one thing that bothered me, it doesn't apply for Friday the 13th, was in the Nightmare on Elm Street series. The one thing that always bothered me was that no matter how many people got killed, they always wanted to go to school. Which I right. never understood. I used to stay home if it rained. Like, I'm sorry, but if my friend was killed, let alone friends, true. I would not want to go to school. They all wanted to go to school. What do you want to go to school for? I don't understand. Like, <laughs> so like, yeah, I don't, I, like there's definitely certain concepts that, you know, it's just, you, you kind of have to overlook them <laughs> and just go with the flow. <laughs> well, if you want to know the origins of the hockey mask, it was pretty simplistic in, the, in this movie. What it was, was there was a guy named Shelly who was like the goofball, uh, pulling pranks guy and everything, kind of the annoying guy who was overcompensating. He was like the chubby, not so attractive guy. So he was the, the class comedian. And uh, his name was Shelly. Uh, right there, you deserve to be beat up. Um, Shelly scares uh, one of his female friends with a hockey mask that he had just brought for the sake of bringing it. Obviously, this is summertime. No one's playing hockey. He happened to have a hockey mask in his bag. Um, and he uh scared one of the girls with it, whatever, and that's pretty much what it was. One of the guys had it on their person, and Jason bogarted it, he stole it out of the bag. And it was that it really wasn't now in the re- in the remake, we know there was something more to it. Um, but that's pretty much what it was. I mean, I don't know if you remember that scene, it was very, yeah, it was very casual, yeah, just very casual. It wasn't like this epic, yeah, it wasn't what's like the origins real. of yeah. the hockey mask? He took it out of a bag, that yeah, was pretty much it. it. Hey, he I can wear it. this, right? He stole it. He's a thief, he's, he's, he's a, a murderer fucking, and a thief, he's a murderer and a thief, you know, he's a murderer, he's a thieving Very murderer. Thief. There you go, <laughs> he's got he's just no good, this guy, uh, you know, but um, bad apple. Yeah, and he wanders into this barn where there's a lot of, uh, you know, the chicanery in this barn, uh, you know, and he kind of hides out there and stuff. And by the way, his look, and we'll see it later, is pretty hideous. He's even more hideous. And by the way, he seemed to have shaved his head since yeah, his the second one. Yeah, so he had hair, uh, a big bushel gone. of hair on one side, and it was gone. It looked like the missing link, the rest yeah, of Yeah, he definitely has a, a, his look changes. His look changes in throughout, a day. You know, yeah. he stayed, listen, he's day Not to day. Not only the mask. He's day to day. He's day Yeah, day. He, he definitely, he gets he, disgustinger and disgustinger. Right, and he puts, he yeah, puts. it's not the, the same look every movie. He puts the, the mask on. The consistency uh, is very off. 
Right. It's very awful. It's not even try to understand it. Let's and just anything. His, it. his makeup, his look, his height, his weight. <laughs> yes. So, so and there's a bunch of there's a bunch of bikers who try and siphon gas out of the van. They, they had a little bit of a dust up with these bikers in town. Uh, you know, they don't want to get into it. And I, of course, the bikers come and stalk them out at the uh, thing and they sneak into the barn and they're planning to like jack these guys of their money and rob them and stuff. But uh, Jason foils that by murdering every one of them. Uh, remember what he did to the the black dude? He cut off his arm. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, there was some, like I said, some some pretty good kills. But the 3D aspect, as Carolyn was saying, you'd see a yo-yo go up and down. And you could tell like the yo-yo was like. Yeah, they're juggling apples. The juggling you see it from apples. The top. Right. Yeah, and- like weird popcorn, like the popcorn popping the spear. Well, I think the, the most noticeable um, is... Um, What's his name? I think his name was Mark, the character. Right. Was that his name? Where, where he squeezes his head and the eyeball pops out? Yes, that was one of them. And the other one was where Jason is across the lake and he shoots the spear gun. Yes, the spear and, gun. And, and I remember that it, coming like, right at us. It looked like that on the yeah. screen in 1982. It was, again, 13, 14 year olds going crazy because it was we never seen Rick, anything like that. That was this his before. name. It was Rick. Rick. Yeah, Rick. And uh, he crushed his skull a, with his bare hands. Yeah, yeah his very, eye pops a, out of the socket. A very noticeable fake head. Yeah, we all we all screamed. We all <laughs> but it was screamed. Gross. Yeah, we all screamed. <laughs> I'm not a um, fan, and he does it quite a few times throughout the the franchise. Is the squeezing of the head. Yes. I have to say that is so gross to me. Like like popping something like a pimple. Like oh my god. Like squeezing somebody's well, just, head. Yeah, collapsing someone's. Oh my god! It's really just, just so gross. <laughs> and like crushing the bones. Oh my god. But I would think uh, if you, you know, if you squeeze it the way he did, which was side to side, an eyeball would pop out. It would just go. <laughs> now, so. our, our heroine's name is Chris in this. Chris is yeah. her name. I guess uh, short for Christine or something like that. Christina, yeah. But yeah, um, now she's, uh, like I said, Rick had gotten his uh, skull crushed. Uh, Jason then attacks Chris, the girl who narrowly escapes the house and tries to flee in her van. The van runs out of gas, of course, because the bikers had siphoned gas out, if yeah, you remember, of her van. Storyline so came, right story came together. One of them finally came together. Chris makes her way to the barn to inside to hide, but Jason attacks her again inside the barn. Chris strikes Jason over the head with a shovel and she hangs him. That's a good scene, by the way. Remember that hanging yeah. scene? Yeah. Uh, where he just misses the floor and he's hanging there. Yeah, he's like, right. Uh, now, Jason regains consciousness and temporarily removes his mask in order to get free from the noose, which causes Chris to recognize him as the same man who actually attacked her two years prior. But Carolyn, how could that be when Jason was in the water yeah. his prior and a little kid? Uh, yeah, the timing, the timing. Yeah, the, the not, timing didn't make sense. It's not, yeah. Uh, one of the other characters, uh, Ali tries to uh, attack Jason, but Jason finishes him off. The distraction allows Chris to strike Jason in the head with the axe. He staggers momentarily, almost like Frankenstein. Remember that scene, Carolyn, mm-hmm. where he comes towards her, like kind of Frankensteinish, yeah. before he finally collapses, exhausted. Chris then uh, decides to go push a canoe out to the lake and falls. Yeah, asleep. why they're always going out into the lake? I don't understand. Well, and fell asleep in it. Yeah, basically, it's a, this one has, I think, just the most. Uh, similarities a lot of them i mean to a t right uh to the prior movies i mean they have uh debbie's death she is basically kevin bacon jack's death in the first one with the you know through the and again it's steve minor directing the guy from part two yeah it's like the same but it's the same thing of you know getting you know going out on the boat at night you know to get away and he falls asleep it's the same thing as in the first one 
So like there's, and the toilets, which I never understood. There's so many toilet murders. I don't even get. There's a lot why of toilet they, murders. Yes. Why do you have to kill people on the toilet? Very vulnerable on the toilet. That's Seriously. Why. I, it's like, oh, I don't expect- want to see somebody going ex- to the bathroom you're and you not kill expecting them. it. You're not expecting it. Like, I don't yeah. want to see this. It's usually yeah. the guys too. Gotta, I don't want to see this. You, you know problem. what they're doing. Like, <laughs> I don't want to see it. I, I like to feel safe in my bathroom. I'll be honest. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the toilet kills. Um, so the um, Chris has a nightmare of an unmasked Jason running towards her from the house that was pretty creepy when he stuck his face out the window as like you know oh morning. yeah at the end right? it's kind of yeah creepy. he's like watching yeah, yeah that's, watching uh, yeah that's probably the creepiest part other than the he, eyeball yeah crashes out through the house before disappearing which yeah. then turns yeah he into, just disappears he which just... then turns into the decomposing body of pamela voris with her head attached she comes out of the lake and pulls chris into the water the mother now is if you remember yes, did a uh family yeah. repeating the uh formula she has her head back one. on she has her head back on too <laughs> i'd have been more impressed if she popped out without the head and, and pulled them down and here we go again carolyn with the ongoing theme of the person who lives gets put in some sort of more than precarious situation uh the following morning the police arrive again and escort a traumatized chris away from uh the the, uh, the uh, area and jason's body is shown to still be laying in the barn uh as the lake is shown at peace it was a weird ending jason was clearly dead or we thought he was dead yeah i think there's uh, he didn't move he didn't yeah he didn't do an eye open or, or, yeah. or a tease or it anything was supposed to, it was supposed to be ending. Right, there, Right. There was no mother. So we don't know was the did the mother. It was a dream, obviously, that the mother couldn't have attacked her in the lake and had the head still attached. I mean, again, this didn't make a lot of sense. But again, as 13, 14 year olds, we fucking loved it. Yeah. Uh, so we, we, we you're, not, you're not overanalyzing it until you get older. Yeah. You're not you don't need to overanalyze it. So, uh, again, the movie did did well, well enough to garner a part four. Now, uh, part four. Friday the 13th, the final chapter was released on April 13th, 1984. Carolyn and uh, <laughs> listeners of the show, I know what you're saying. Kev, did you go to see that? I certainly did. <laughs> it was there and I got to, again, I'm now on my own. I don't need to trick parents anymore. Oh, I'm still underage, but I'm able to go to the theater. And the poster for this uh, was fantastic. Remember, I always remember the poster with the, yeah, the, with knife. the knife through the hockey yes. mask with the blood, the final chapter. That one I always remember. That's this one is, of the most memorable posters, I think. For uh, me. they, they switched directors and producers in this. This is directed by Joe Zito and produced by Frank Mancuso Jr. Um, and it has a what would be considered a teenage star studded cast because a lot of these uh, actors had a lot of credits and then would have even more credits after they left this film. Because quite honestly, outside of Amy Steele, nobody really went to go on to do anything uh, in the first three films in the cast. Uh, not a lot of uh, demand for any except well, Kevin Bacon, uh, yeah, you know, obviously yeah. went on to a great career. But this one uh, featured Peter Barton who had a, a television career. He was, ba- Peter Barton was basically John Stamos before John Stamos. Anybody who's out there who's over age 40 will remember Peter Barton, pretty boy, looked very much like John Stamos, uh, was in uh, The Powers of Matthew Starr, was the name of his TV he's show. The, he's he the dead fuck guy, right? The one who, is that is that who I'm thinking of? Uh, oh, yeah. No, that's not him. That's, uh, that's, that's not, not him? him, no. Okay, um, I, it, it, might, it, might, it might be him, it might be. Oh, I he was one to be tormenting Chris Glover. Yeah, the friends. Yeah, uh, Peter. No, I don't know if that was Peter Barton. No, Peter Barton was actually the good guy. I think that was uh, that oh, might have been. Who was the friend uh, that we no, kept no, saying I, the, the dead fuck? Was oh uh, the dead fuck guy was <laughs> the dead fuck Lawrence guy. Monison. Lawrence <laughs> Monison was in Mask, played uh, Cher's uh, son who had the elephantitis best friend. 
Uh, he was in Mask. And Lawrence Monison was the star of The Last American Virgin, one of the greatest horny wow. teenage movies next to Fast Times. <laughs> the Last American Virgin is a classic. It's, uh, yeah. Lawrence Monison was the star of that. Uh, Crispin Glover, who would go on That's a year right. later to play um, uh, Mr. McFly, uh, Michael right. J. Fox's dad. That's right. Uh, again, uh, Corey Feldman. That's who, right. of course, just just go on to be Lost oh Boys. Oh, uh, So many films stand by me. And Corey was just mm -hmm. on five. From this film on, Corey was in high demand throughout oh, the rest yeah, of the decade. You couldn't see the 80s without Corey. Right. Corey and, and Corey. Yeah, Corey. So a lot of uh, name. Uh, Kimberly Beck, who had a little bit of a career. Uh, so again, uh, starting, I think they're starting to think we got to get some people in the Brad pack was coming at the fold in 84 and 85. I think they, uh, kind of felt Joe Zito felt they had to cast some familiar faces. Peter Barton's coming off of a TV show. Uh, and again, so I think this was a, a concerted effort to get more uh, familiar names in there. Uh, and the Doubleman they... twins, right? The Doubleman twins. Yeah, the Doubleman twins. Uh, Camilla yeah. and Carrie Moore were in that. Mm, film. Were, were in that for film. those who don't know what Doubleman twins wins, <laughs> they were in a commercial for the Doubleman. Yeah, Doubleman gum. gum. Yeah, and it was very <laughs> famous commercial. Uh, like, yes, you know, yes. You did a commercial in the eighties. Yeah, you, you were known. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Mikey with Life Cereal and yep. stuff like that. So, um, the movie budget, uh, two point two million dollars, similar to the last movie, Part Three. Uh, made a box office of 33 million, so it made less than Part Three, I, which I felt was thought was interesting, uh, but still uh, a hit uh, regardless. Um, so basically, it takes place uh, the night after the events of the last one. Here we go. Uh, police cleaned oh, up the grounds. Sergeant Fackler is in this movie. The Axel. Uh, from yes. police academy yes yes i'm a big police academy he's, fan. Yeah, he's, in that, yeah. he's in that film yeah he's only in very he's in a yeah he's in the very beginning yeah, he's, he's in the he plays so, the uh the, the coroner yeah, yeah. There you go. uh police clean he's up gross the he's totally inappropriate oh yeah total uh totally total me too that, movement. yeah me too, oh yeah, me, oh, yeah. Me too <laughs> things going on big time <laughs> me dead me too movement's going on big time uh so the police clean up the grounds and they clean up jason jason for his body Sorry. he's believed to be dead he's taken to the morgue at the hospital uh, Jason spontaneously revives and escapes the cold storage, murdering Axel Burns, the corner of Carol. Yes, that's him. And, and brutal, too. That was pretty nice. Slits oh, yeah, with a hacksaw head. to the, to the yes, head. Yeah. He cuts his throat and he spins his head around. It's like, like, but like not all the way. Just, like, oh, right. And, so he, gross. And, and he guts uh, nurse Robbie Morgan with a scalpel. Yeah. Uh, the following yeah, day, here we go right again. There. You know, you know, yeah, it's, it's always the next day. It's like within three days of each other. Here that we go this again. is happening. A group of teenagers <laughs> drive to Crystal Lake for the weekend. The group consists of Paul, his girlfriend. But not Sam. counselors. Right. No, no. They're just yeah, uh, this time rent, they're renting just, a house. They're renting yeah, this a house. time they're just they're, they're just teenagers. Uh, the jokester Ted, who Carolyn uh, uh, just mentioned, mentioned Lawrence Madison, <laughs> who tortures uh, poor uh, Crispin Glover. Jimmy. Yep. And Crispin Glover was as quirky as ever in this film, too. Oh, my he God. Just, he didn't ham it up for That's Back to consistent. the Future. Very consistent. <laughs> That's, in his yes, he's consistently quirky. That one I'll give him. Uh, on the way to the thing, they come across uh, Pamela Vori's tombstone, and a hitchhiker was soon killed by Jason in the in the opening scene. Eating a banana, right? Yeah, eating, a, yeah, banana? eating a banana. Yeah, yeah. another throat Weird. cut uh, incident. Yeah, uh, like bananas. Now the teachers, uh, the teens, excuse me, arrive and they meet their next door neighbors. Like I said, these are houses; these are summer houses. They're not cabins; they're full houses. Uh, and they meet their neighbors, Trish Jarvis and a twelve-year-old brother, Tommy. 
Jarvis. Uh, Tommy Jarvis will be a, a major character in several of the upcoming uh, Friday the 13th. Uh, played by, of course, Corey Feldman, who's about 12 years old in real life at this point, too. And the family dog, Gordon. Gordon was great. Do you remember Gordon, the family dog in this one? <laughs> yes. Gordon was amazing. Gordon I, was just I remember amazing. the amazing uh, skills that, you know, uh, Tommy Jarvis had at making those puppets, the, the yes. masks and stuff. They were, yes. like, ridiculously good. It was like Tom Savini level. <laughs> it was amazing. Yes, he had uh, a lot of skills in making puppets. And, yeah, yeah he's very masks. Tom Savini. I'm yeah, sure it was, like, amazing. It was, like, my God. I actually it thought was he was younger than that. I didn't realize he was, like, a, I actually thought he was, like, eight. He looks very young in that movie. No, he's about 12. Yeah, yeah he, he, I don't know. To me, he looked very young. Yeah. Uh, um, so, again, uh, you know, uh, the typical things are going on here. Jason is uh, stalking them uh, in the uh, area. Like I said, there are houses here. It's like, I think maybe two or three houses. I think there was another house, too. But the, uh, the, uh, the the Jarvises are next door and they befriend these teenagers. They have a big party that I count. Boy, did that party look uh, just jamming, didn't it? <laughs> with the double mint twins and a lot of sexual uh, flirtation oh, with other yeah. people's boyfriends, right? Oh yeah, yeah. The twins were, no were yeah the t- the twins were referencing like a three way with Peter Barton and yeah stuff like well, that. They yeah, skinny dipping earlier, right? They, they, they all went go skinny, skinny dipping. Except Chris Glover, he's the only one that doesn't go skinny dipping. Yes, and they're yeah. shaming and uh, dick size shaming Crispin Glover. And, <laughs> he never you know, gets naked. Bull- there's a lot of bullying and a lot of Me Too movement stuff going on here. That would not. Yeah, fly there's today. definitely there's some bad pickup lines, and <clears throat> you know there's the Teddy pickup line, and there's some bad yeah, and definite like inappropriate. You would not, they would not fly nowadays. Oh yeah, a lot of, of inappropriate stuff. No, a lot of totally different world. A lot of crazy kills. Now, what would you say your, uh, you know, because like I said, we we got a lot of movies to go, so we're gonna we're gonna go a little yeah. quicker through these films until we get to. Uh, Freddy versus Jason and the 2009, which should get a lot of our attention. Um, for this film, what would you say your favorite kill scene is? Obviously, there's a, a bunch of different things here. Um, I the, thought it was uh, Chris McGlover's dance. That whole dance scene just killed it from no, okay. <laughs> that dance was great. His, uh, his, his, Jimmy's, it's, it's, his death is actually my favorite because he gets the corkscrew through the hand. Yeah, the corkscrew through the hand. The, yeah, you machete just, in the face. Right, and the machete just, in the face. Yeah, it was just, I mean, they show it. So it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's so like, meat cle- yeah, yeah, meat yeah, it's a meat cleaver. Face, yeah. It's a meat cleaver. Sorry, it's not a machete. But yeah, though, no, that's my favorite one. But, um, but it, I mean, I know. A lot of people like how "quote unquote" Jason dies because, ironically, it's Tommy Jarvis who's this young young teenager who kills him and he, he stabs him in the head and like his head like Jason slides down on it. It's like really kind of creepy, gross. Well, like, yeah, I mean, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but it was interesting yeah. because some of the people were killed in the house. It's not that big of a house, and while Crispin Glover is being killed in the kitchen, his friend Ted in the, is in the sitting room. maybe maybe 20 feet away <laughs> he doesn't hear anything Man, he doesn't hear anything he, but he also so doesn't even hear watching, yeah he doesn't he's watching even hear. stag films like old school porno from the 50s yeah and uh, he doesn't a hear a mask projector. for the corkscrew yeah he either. doesn't hear anything yeah. yeah he doesn't hear anything and uh he gets uh the projector yeah he's stoned and he gets yeah. to the projector and he gets stabbed through the screen and then the kitchen uh from a kitchen knife on the other side Jason then goes upstairs where Doug and Sarah finish making love in the shower again in the bathroom, Garland. I know a lot of bathroom stuff in this. On this After franchise. Sarah leaves, Jason kills uh, Doug by crushing his head against the side of the shower tile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a good brutal. death. Sarah screams upon finding Doug's body. She tries to escape, only for Jason to drive a double bit axe through her chest. Uh, so some brutal kill scenes in this too. Yeah, they start getting more. They start getting more graphic, yeah, much more, more, graphic. more brutal. 
Um, worried for Tommy's safety, Trish uh, and Rob return to the house. They then go next door to investigate and discover all the teen bodies that have been strewn throughout the house. Gordon, the dog, flees, and Rob is killed by Jason in the basement as Trish uh, run, runs home. Remember that scene where Rob is in the basement? He's like, he's killing me. He's killing me. Yes. Remember, like, <laughs> yeah. I was weird, right? He's like telling everybody what's Ron, happening. He's killing me. He's yeah. killing me. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. He's kill- it's like the one And then, then he just stops, and Trish is like, Rob? Rob? And he's yeah. like, he's, he's dead. Yeah, you think, so, get uh, the, the sister, who is Trish, and Tommy, Corey Feldman's character, barricade the house, but Jason breaks in, chases him into Tommy's room, Trish lures Jason out of the house and escapes, then returns home and is devastated to learn that Tommy didn't run away. Remember, Tommy, you didn't run away. Yeah. And she senses Jason behind her. She tries to fight him off with a machete, but it's overpowered. Tommy, having uh, disguised himself to look like Jason as a child. Uh, Tommy, by the way, is shaving his head the whole time. His sister yeah. is <laughs> yeah. battling to the death with Jason. No, excuse and me. A very quick head shave. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever shaved my head that quick. Well, it wasn't that good. I mean, it wasn't, he had it wasn't a good job. Yeah, yeah he, he does patches. it quick. Definitely, At least they uh, made it, yeah, it wasn't um, like a... electric razor would have done him good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he comes down as Jason as distracts him long enough for Trish to hit him with the machete, but she merely whacks off his mask. And then you see the full bore of grossness right of his face. Jason is really looking pretty haggard uh, as the man, as Trish stands horrified. It's been a rough couple of days. <laughs> yeah, it's been a rough couple of days. And Jason's Literally. deformed face. Tommy takes the machete and strikes it to the side of his skull causing him to collapse on the floor and split his head upon impact into the machete. When Tommy notices that Jason's fingers are moving, he continues to hack at the body screaming, die, die. Remember that? That was pretty sick. While Trish repeatedly yells out his name. At the hospital, here we go again, Trish is visited by Tommy. He rushes in, embraces her, and gives her a disturbed look of staring into the camera. Are you sensing a theme? (laughs) Is Tommy now the reincarnation of Jason? We don't know to be continued mm. um would you say this is one of your more favorite ones yes this is definitely one of my more favorite ones if i if i have to choose them i, I choose the first one the fourth one um i mean I, I i do like some of the other ones that people don't like like i said i like jason 10 but yeah no this is definitely one of my one of my favorite ones well we go to uh, and you see the consistency here Carol. once a year they're released a friday the 13th so yeah, 83, on 80, in the 80s i think 83 is the only year they don't release one correct I think, Correct. yeah, which is like actually mind boggling. Like yeah, when you think yeah. about it, like, mind boggling. You know, I mean, so, I know, I don't remember which one it was. I, if it was um, a seven that was written in like four days. Yeah, we're going to yeah, get to that. We're like, going to get to that. Um, Friday the 13th, a new beginning. Uh, the tagline is if Jason still haunts you, you are not alone. Friday the 13th. Part five, A New Beginning, directed by Danny Steinman. Again, produced by Terry Silver. New people coming in again. Sean Cunningham, nowhere to be found in this film. And I think for good reason on this one. Uh, The release date is March 22nd, 1985. Kevin, did you see this in the movies? No, I didn't. Didn't go to see this because we heard shitty reports from our friends. Don't waste your time. It's not what you think it is. Remember being disappointed by Halloween three and no Michael Myers, get ready for this. But what are you talking about? There is a Jason. There is. And there isn't. I remember our friend saying that there is, and there isn't. What do you mean? You'll see. Yeah. We waited for it to come out on video later that year, um, which we did. So March 22nd, 1985, uh, 
2.2 million again the same budget isn't that incredible count on the same money for the yeah. last three exact on the nose uh, maybe that's all uh you know the studio would give them right uh and the budget uh and the box office of 22 million now it's going down again it's going down went from 38 mm -hmm. million 36 now it's down to 22 and I, word of mouth is what hurt this film now they made a profit yeah. obviously but word of mouth definitely uh uh, hurt this film. Matter of fact, they said uh, weak box office returns. The film received 99% negative reviews from critics uh, with a real convoluted storyline and a disappointing climax. Uh, boy, I've heard that before in my personal life. Um, <laughs> that's on. That's another episode we'll talk about down the road. Uh, Self-deprecating humor. It's always great. Isn't it? Uh, bum. We gotta get the bum. Yeah, we gotta get the bum, Jim. I, I uh, hit that shit every time. Yeah, we got to we got to definitely do the bum bum. Yeah, this one was pretty rough. Uh, so again, it's 1985. It's the fifth installment, obviously, set years now. Yeah, Kyle, finally. Years. I mean, when they do the quick clip of of Corey Feldman, but then it cuts to like a new yes, Tommy. You get years a new Tommy after Jarvis. the. Event. Uh, from the At final least a repeat chapter. character, but I'm yes. a movie, repeat character. Yeah, the, the, and it's not uh, Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman yeah, is yes, uh, already in, is, is in uh, Stand By Me, I think, at this point. Is oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ain't yes. doing this film. Uh, the story follows a teenage now, Tommy Jarvis, uh, who was institutionalized at a halfway house near Crystal Lake because of the nightmares of the mass murder of Jason Voorhees, whom he killed as a child, uh, which you're assuming is about seven or eight years earlier. Uh, Tommy must face his fears when a new hockey mask wearing murderer initiates another violent killing spree in the area. Um, again, I, I wouldn't spend too much time on this because quite honestly, it doesn't deserve it. Yeah, uh, you know, great of a movie. Um, did you know, go, I mean, again, we know you didn't see it. You saw it in a no. different way. You were a lot younger. You were a kid, literally a little kid during this era. Um, when you finally did see it, uh, though, and even after seeing initially, you 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 of the same like mind of everybody else. This is shit. Yeah, I well, I knew it was shit basically from the point of I, I wasn't a big fan. No offense to the actor who played Tommy Jarvis, but um, I think it was John Shepard. Uh, I yeah. I wasn't a big fan of him. Like he just didn't like. I, I, he was very just sort of like flat for me mm -hmm. and um you know as soon as like with joey's death who is the reason you know why you know what happens happens um i, I just i could just tell it it was i don't know the acting was terrible i mean not that the acting was fantastic but you know the acting was terrible I, characters could, were annoying i hated yes, all the, the characters, characters the character of joey was irritating he Ugh. really was and he's only on screen for a few minutes and he's so irritating Fuck. and it's hard to even you know, when you get to a, when, when it's like that, you just want them to kill everybody. So you just yeah. watch to see how they're going to die. I, I wanted everybody like, dead, including the producer and director. <laughs> but I wanted everybody man. dead. I wanted yeah. everybody dead. And it's and, and, and also it's bizarre stuff, you know, like demons singing on the toilet. Yeah. I, I mean, you're singing to your girlfriend on the toilet and she's singing back to you. And what is going on? S stupid shit. Like, who is doing this? In my entire life, I've never sung to my boyfriend on the toilet bowl, you know, between the no, wall. No. Yeah, yeah, just like, and then you're like, all right, you deserve to die. Like, you know, seriously. But if there's really, I mean, I mean even what I, I'm trying to think of uh, uh, the memorable death for me, um, I don't even know. I, 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 it's just, they're not even that great. I, I, the deaths aren't even really that, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, there's the one, a lot of, the, there's like the triple I, murders there's three yeah. murders with the eyes with the um the shears the girl after they have sex right um and then she could they kill the boyfriend with the the garage around the eyes and around the tree so his is probably my favorite one but yeah it's just it's it's not really well it's definitely 
if I had to like list them, that would probably be last. Yeah, me. this this again, we're, we're gonna probably try and just get out of this as soon as possible, like a bad accident. <laughs> Um, the film was initially going to set up a new trilogy of films with a different villain for the series, but after a disappointing reception oh my gosh. from the fans and a steep decline in box office receipts, uh, Jason Voorhees was brought back for the next installment. Yeah, who's going to root for? Yeah, who's going to root for somebody uh -huh. else after five movies? I mean, come yeah. On. And it turned out, by the way, it was, uh, was an ambulance driver who was of uh, getting revenge. Roy Burns. Right, I'll never forget that name, Roy Burns. Yeah, of uh, revenge for his son who was uh, what killed Joey. In the, uh, yeah, yeah Joey, Joey was killed. Uh, Stupid! It didn't it garner the sympathy. It was trying to be a copy of a father avenge, avenging a son, like the way the mother avenged yeah. son the first one. But this did not connect. Didn't work. This no, did not work did not connect. Didn't work. So let's uh, you know get out of this one. Probably again, <laughs> the, one, one of the worst. Run, run, run from it. Run from year. this. If you didn't see this, don't see it. And go right to the next one, which is Friday the Thirteenth, uh, <laughs> Part Six. Uh, Jason lives. Uh, Kill or be killed was the uh, title of this, and the mask with the grave and the rising and well, the background is, of the mask. And, yeah, you know, this people. is the uh, supernatural. This is how they start. Where this he's is not, he's where not he's killed anymore. Exactly, yeah. this is where he gets into supernaturals. Directed yes. by Tom McLaughlin. Um, again, uh, no, uh, Sean Cunningham again. I have nothing to do with this. Uh, it was released August first, nineteen eighty-six, and yes, I did see this in the theater because it was the return of Jason. And I uh, saw this with a big group of friends. I was uh, still in high school. I was a junior in high school at the time. Um, budget of $3 million, So it went up a little bit. And box office, not, uh, Carolyn, actually not that impressive. $19.4 yeah, yeah, it's tough when you have the... $19.4 But also, remember, Carolyn, we talked about this, about the Nightmare on Elm Street situation. Mm -hmm. 86, 87... Uh, you know, Three Men and a Baby, yeah, uh, Police Academy, Lost Boys, Coming to America, like uh, Eddie Murphy, oh, oh, Golden Child. There was more comedy films, family-oriented films. Um, again, horror, not that big uh, around this time. I mean, these were iconic characters, yeah, and they grow on to, you know, it was starting to dip a little bit, and they were, they were show the return of Jason. They couldn't believe this. Um, so it's interesting. Uh Again, they they brought back some some characters as far as in name. Uh, this is the last one to feature Tommy Jarvis. Yeah. Uh, by the way, was played actor. by a uh, different actor, Tom <laughs> different Matthews. Actor. Yeah, Tom Matthews plays him. Didn't wasn't familiar with any of the actors in this film. By the way, I didn't even couldn't even find much yeah. of uh, them doing anything. Uh, you would have thought they would have got a star for this movie. Again, you would think Jason lives. Uh, it's a big deal. Um, but no, the box office receipts didn't show that, but it, it would have a great life on video and in rentals. It would go on to do very well. Um, so and basically there's, there's no nudity in this one. There's no, I think this yeah, is the only one a, a shame. And I'm of age at that point. <laughs> the, the plot, I had to rely on real life nudity. Uh, the, the, the plot <laughs> follows. The plot follows Tommy after he accidentally resurrects mass murderer Jason Voorhees. Mm -hmm. With lightning. While, right, yeah, with lightning. While <laughs> attempting to destroy his body to ensure that he won't return. So fucking Tommy fucked this up twice. Uh, while Jason returns to Crystal Lake for another killing spree, Tommy must overcome his fear of the mass killer that has haunted him for years and find a way to stop him once and for all. So I guess Tommy, in a way, was kind of like uh, Jamie Lee, right? And uh, what, what Jamie Lee was to Halloween in a way. Well, they were trying to make it like that. No, I, I don't know what they were trying to do. It wasn't yeah, he was working. no Jamie Lee. Yeah, it wasn't like the same actor. Nah. You know, it was no, really no, no personal connection. connection. Yeah, no connection. No, no connection. I mean, this guy was uh, was better. He definitely had a little more charisma. No, definitely. Yeah, he was yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, definitely a, a little more. Like, like and the, the previous one, it's almost like a zombie Tommy. Like he almost looks like he's on drugs. 
like he's he's just I, like he just looks zoned out but this one he's you know he's got a little more character he, he's a little funny he's witty you know he, it's it's not did. as flat and as uh, Carolyn was saying before, this says makes Jason uh, supernatural. Yes. Uh, for he the first for the first time in the series, uh, he's more of a superhuman and becomes the standard depiction for the rest of the series, as we know. Uh, the film also introduced in this one, as you know, like gothic kind of horror, action, more action film elements to, to it. There were more. It was more action in yeah. this film, yeah. uh, not just the stalk and kill kind of uh, methodical kind of shit. Uh, they shootouts, car chases in this. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like diehardish way. It's a little diehardish in a way. Uh, yeah, it was very diehardish. Um, Jason Lives was the first in the series to receive some positive reception from critics since the original. In the years since its release, its uh, self-referential humor and numerous instances of breaking the fourth wall, as they they call it. Mm -hmm. uh, Jason Lives is considered a fan favorite uh, by a lot of fans of the series. In addition to receiving positive notice from horror film historians, uh, again, uh, you know, it, it did well turn the profit, but I really thought it would have done better uh, than it did. Uh, let's get, you know, like I said, we're going to speed through a little bit more to get to more of the, 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 the uh, well, this more one, I will stuff. say if you, it, when the way that he's quote unquote killed right. Tommy, you know, he, he drags him into the water and he ties a boulder to the, the train and he gets <clears throat> right. sunk into the, the lake. That's actually, a statue in a lake in Minnesota. Yeah, which, isn't that creepy? I know. Yes. That's imagine People like a diving me, scuba like, diving. I think, I think there's one in Jersey, supposedly. Yes. I don't. I, I don't know if it if it's. I know there's definitely one in Minnesota because uh, I've been asked if I've ever seen it. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. No, thank you. I would that's never creepy, right? go Real swimming. Creepy, right? <laughs> I would like. I would shit myself. No thanks. That is creepy as fuck. <laughs> but right? yes, when I see it, I always think of that statue. I'm like, oh my god, no. <laughs> I would, oh, I would die. So would you any particular kill in that? Well, really, with the way they they kind of drown Jason. Though, my, you say yeah, I mean, actually, my favorite one is it's actually it's weird. It's kind of sad. It's the um the sheriff uh the the sort of dick bad sheriff guy yeah, Garrett or something like that. Yeah. Jason like folds him in half. It's very dark. He, they're oh yeah. Kind of fighting. Oh god. Yeah. And he kind of like he just yeah. It's sort of like they sort of did it in Freddy vs. Jason with the bed. Uh, but yeah, they he basically folds him in half. I don't know why. I just like there's no real blood or anything or gore. But I just oh, that was it. Megan's yeah. father, Sheriff yes, Mike Harris. Yes, Mike Harris, the blonde. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the blonde. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he just like crushes him in half. Like, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> like oh my god, ow! <laughs> That's my favorite one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So uh, again, this was a critic. Critics like this one though. It's interesting. You got the best reviews next to the first one as far as critical reviews go, yeah. and a lot of fans like this one because I guess it was the return, of, return Jason of Jason. After. And now he's you know there's he's super natural so he's mere moral you can't do anything <laughs> um interesting alice cooper was on the soundtrack with teenage frankenstein on this one i think and, there's like three frank i think there's three alice cooper songs in this one uh i, I think, think so yeah uh yeah. hard rock summer and there yeah. was a video do you remember the video with yeah Jason man behind it? the mask yes, yeah, yeah man yeah, by, by alice cooper yeah, yeah man behind the mask from yeah, his alice album cooper alice cooper's album constrictor that's yeah. right yeah this alice was, cooper had three this uh, is prince's batman over here <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> Yes, um, back in the day when they used to. But, but again, it did well enough to garner a, another one. Another one, exactly. 1988. Uh, 19, <laughs> yeah, right, 1988, Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. Uh, so no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, no. 19, no, 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 no. Sorry, The New Blood, sorry. New blood. No, the, the New Blood. Yeah. Uh, so, there was a, so there's no one, there's not an 80, an 80. Uh, 
87. Correct. Right. This is eight, okay. May 13th, 1988. Ooh, this was released. 13. Again, another new director, John Carl Butchler. Uh, you don't even heard of these guys at this yeah. point anymore. I think yeah. they just uh, yeah, they wanted a raffle to direct these movies. Um, and it was released May 13th, 1988. And again, uh, 2.8 million. Uh, and it makes around the same money, 19.1 million. It's almost like the same fans. Yeah. They didn't it's gain any fans. People, I know, it's just the same people going to Now, the, the poster was interesting. Uh, it had a split face of Jason with a knife down and a girl with a eye that's like brightly lit because there's telekinesis involved mm -hmm. in this, as you know. Uh, kind of what uh, Carrie had in Carrie in 1976. Yeah, right? I think they actually called it yeah, Jason versus Carrie. This, this, that Jason was like versus the, Carrie yes, was the, 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 the uh, scuttlebutt on this yeah. one. Uh, again, her name's Tina, but Carrie. Uh, from her Carrie, name, right? Her name's her name's <laughs> Tina, uh, and Terry Kaiser is yes! in this. Yes. Uh, Terry Kaiser, who we all know as the dead body, and Weekend uh, at Bernie's one and two. The next uh, year, Terry Kaiser also uh, tried to kill Jack Tripper in an episode of Three's Company. He's, uh, he's classic good at playing a dick, but I love some of his Weekend at Bernie's. And yeah, anybody who's a baseball fan, if remembers, like about ten years ago the Oakland A's mm -hmm. did a thing called the Bernie lean, which was the fucking best thing I've ever seen in baseball. It was so great. It was, it was literally like that Bernie walk and they would do it when oh, certain guys came up to bat. If somebody hit a home run, it was the greatest thing. I, I wish know, I could bring it back. It oh my God. You, I'll send you like a YouTube video. It was right, so it funny. I watched every Oakland game just for that Bernie lean Coco crisp at the time was on the team. Yeah. They had a, uh, um, just a kick-ass team. And that was, I don't even remember how it started, but just genius. I, I just, I love Terry Kaiser. Terry Kaiser. He's so great. Okay. <laughs> love him. The, the, this is the, again, seventh installment of the Friday the 13th franchise. This is set years after the events of Friday the 13th. Of course, Jason lives. The plot follows, a, a telekinetic teenage girl, uh, her name, uh, Lincoln was her name, Tina Lincoln. Uh, who, uh, I, I remember yeah, Tina. Tina Lincoln, who unwittingly releases Jason from his tomb at the bottom of Crystal Lake. Remember, Jason is in uh, chained up right at the bottom of the lake, supposedly drowned. Tina Shepard, her real T name. Was Lincoln. Yeah, to leave, yeah, right. Yeah. Allowing him to go on another killing spree in the area. So she basically frees him uh, with her telekinesis powers, her carry powers. Uh, the New Blood was intended to have a higher standard of quality than that in the previous installments, with high-profile directors being considered to helm the project. Paramount Pictures sought a partnership with New Line Cinema, of course, the home of Freddy Krueger, yeah, right? New that's Line. right, the house that Freddy built. To create a crossover film between Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. This is, by the way, when the talk was starting with this. Did you realize that, that in 88, this is when it started? Oh, yeah, uh, no, of, I, yeah. Emerging, yeah merging the films. Long time before it Long time, came. yeah. Series would not come to fruition, of course, until New Line bought the rights of the Franchise release. And this is the Jason first Jason movie with Kane Hodder, by the way. Correct. The first Kane, Kane Hodder is now playing Jason. Yeah. There's several failed uh, concepts. Uh, they suggested a an idea of a Jason versus a carry, in which Jason would battle a teenage girl with telekinesis abilities. And so that's what they were going for here. There was a bite off the carry film. Mm -hmm. um, uh, again, um, I did not see this in the theaters. Uh, wound up being on HBO a few months. The movies were starting to come out a little bit sooner on HBO. Uh, after like they would leave the theater it came out about four or five months after so wound up seeing it on HBO uh, didn't see it in the theater I didn't hate this film I liked it because the fight scene and her uh, doing all those crazy things to Jason hanging him by yeah, the chandelier collapsing the steps with setting him, him falling the steps, setting him on fire throwing all that shit at him uh, throwing the nails at him 
uh, all that yeah. stuff I found interesting. Uh, you know, I, so I kind of liked her, like really making his life miserable. Um, yeah, the whole like fight scene with him. He, she, yeah, like through the the. She she didn't have to pretty to much. Yeah, she didn't have to physically do yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah, she threw. Yeah, oh, and she also she throws one of the guys. Um, uh, decapitated heads yes, at him. Yes, at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she launches it across the room. So again, I I like the fight scenes. It it started to get a little hokey and silly in this and stuff. And uh, as we talked about, uh, I think Terry Kaiser met a fate in this one, right? Jason killed him. Yeah, yeah. He's he actually gets her mother killed too. He like pushes her to Jason. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, he, yeah, he's a real dick. Yeah, he was a real scumbag. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, the fight scene, the, the, the best part of this movie was definitely the ending the last 15 minutes, I'd say, of the film, yeah. the film where, uh, I'm Tina, not a big fan of the bringing the father back, but you know, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, the father and the, yeah, uh, you know, she, uh, you know, again, Jason's mask comes off, there's a disfigured face as the battle rages on, yeah, it's all the same thing, uh, yeah, the, 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 <laughs> there's an explosion of fire and the fight continues on the dock. Tina is unable to kill Jason, she unknowingly summons the spirit of her father. Who rises from the lake and drags Jason again, another dragging to the depths, uh, drags Jason down with him to the depths of Crystal Lake, chaining the killer once more. The following morning, Tina and Nick, uh, who are taken away in an ambulance again, someone finds Jason's broken mask in the wreckage and screen fades to black as Jason's ch -ch -ch can be heard in the distance. He's not dead yet, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Oh no, he's not dead yet. Nope. Uh, again, you uh, enjoyed this one. Yeah, I mean, this one I liked. I like, you know, I liked, um, I, I, I like some of the kills. My favorite one is, is probably, I think everybody's favorite of the franchise is the, this one has the sleeping bag death where yes. uh, Kane Hodder slams her against the tree. Yes. And um, that would be recreated yes. in the, uh, later. yes. Yeah. They, they do it. They do it in Jason 10 and then, yeah, then they do it uh, sort. Well, they sort of do it. It's not the same in the remake. She's, she's in the sleeping bag, but she's, she's over the fire. So he doesn't hit her against the tree. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I like this one. This one, I, I like the whole telekinesis thing. Um, you know, a lot of repeat kills, the head squeezing, yes. uh, you know, the window getting thrown through, they're in the kitchen again with the refrigerator, you know, like, you, sim you know, just similar stuff, but I, I, I like the whole kind of, uh, carry thing. And, you know, the characters are bitches. There's what's her name with the blonde hair, it's total bitch. And then they kill her. It's, they just yeah. throw her. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, this one, that, this one was definitely one of my more, yeah, favorite enjoyable ones so yeah you can yeah. watch you know i go back and watch it every now and then yeah uh so then we, after this it goes to shit it goes to shit after <laughs> this and here we and here we go ladies and gentlemen uh the jason next installment the next installment friday the 13th uh jason takes manhattan 1989 jason takes a boat the exact uh release date july 28th 1989 i did see this in the theaters oh. uh budget of 5.5 million dollars Made just about 14 and change. Uh, you can see the box office receipts are going down. Uh, the poster was New York has a new problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the main problem problems. that this yeah. had was it was filmed in Vancouver. He's not even in New York. Yeah, it's in Vancouver. Now, the one thing <laughs> He's I will in New York for like five seconds. One thing I'll say about this that I was, I can't remember what movie I was watching in 19, early uh, 89. I was in, in the movies. I, I was at the movies early 89. I can't remember what I was, what I was seeing at the time. Um, but I remember we're watching the trail. It might've been, uh, no, it wasn't roadhouse. It was something like that, but, uh, we're at, and we see a trailer and we hear dun, 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 like, you know, and you hear yeah. the start spreading the news. I'm like, what the fuck is Frank this? Sinatra. And then you see, um, a, a, a person get startled and almost walk into somebody and they walk around them. And then they show the silhouette of someone in the back. 
and it's Jason. He turns around like, oh, that was awesome. And now that trailer hooked us. Like, oh my God, that's fucking holy shit. New York, he's in New York. Because yeah. that actually looked like that was like near uh, the East River. Uh, but it turns out it was not at all. They filmed nothing in New York. Um, there's one, yeah, there's one actually. It's the, it's probably the best little clip in the movie right. when Jason is actually standing in Times Square and they do the sort of 360 around him. Right, and, that was um, the only thing. That that's that's the only up, thing. Right. And it's Kane Hodder again. And it's, you know, and, and and then, of course, you know, he has the argument with the, uh, you know, quote unquote, the badass teenagers and um, oh, he God. kicks the boom box and then he takes his mask off and you don't see it, but they run away. But I have to say that and there's also a Batman uh, poster in the background. Of, yeah, yeah. Uh, you see a Batman, yeah. Yeah, see a Batman <laughs> poster Batman. that came out that that. that but I have to say the year, depiction right? of New York so, could not have been. I, I Oh, my God. Like people are shooting up. It was it, the Quanaso. It was like a 1979 Warriors New York. Yes, like it really was. It really it was. Yeah. Uh, New York wasn't like that in '89. I lived through it. I yes, I, it I wasn't. Worked, I worked in Manhattan in '89. It wasn't like that. It and I loved, like that. I loved the toxic waste that New York. Oh, the toxic uh, waste. Yeah, that yeah, was. We get flooded with toxic waste every I, night at midnight. Again, this is this was really stupid. Um, uh, Jason Manhattan, like I said, Kane Hodder reprised his role as Jason Voorhees. I never thought it was relevant of who played Jason. Uh, until the 2009, I had a much different attitude then. Uh, he reprised his role from the New Blood. It's the eighth installment, obviously, of the of the franchise. Set again, setting it up several years after the New Blood. Uh, yeah, at this film, point, we're not in the 80s anymore. No. the film <laughs> follows the film follows Jason as he stalks a bunch of high school graduates on a ship en route to New York City, uh, which took a day. Obviously, they were going from Italy to New York City, which as long as that yeah, fucking boat be, ride, yeah, took, supposed to be in Jersey. ridiculous. They're on a cruise. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, Uncle Charles, you know who Uncle Charles is, right? No, who is he actually just passed away. Peter Mark Richmond, who was our Arthur Dunwell in Naked Gun Two and a Half. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And he just passed away, passed away in January. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, no, that's him. Yeah, so he's was, a dick. Yeah, it was the <laughs> he's final like such a dick in the movie. It was the final film actually uh distributed by um Paramount Pictures Paramount, in the yeah, United so. States until two thousand nine. Yeah. With the subsequent installments being uh distributed by uh New Line Cinema. Uh, again, the tie-ins are coming closer and closer with Nightmare on Elm Street here. Uh it took place in Vancouver, British Columbia. That that was the New York mostly yeah uh, additional photography like i said carolyn said one's particular scene shot in times square and another one shot in los angeles actually uh jason takes manhattan was the most expensive film in the in the series with a budget of over five million at the time i guess until 2009 or freddie or jason came along it received a uh, subsequent uh substantial attention for its initial marketing campaign featuring jason slashing through the I Love New York logo with a knife, which was later retracted after New York's, I do remember that, New York City Tourism Committee filed a complaint against Paramount Pictures. Our mayor at the time, who I think was Dinkins or running for mayor, Koch was on his way out, Dinkins was in, uh, they, they, they uh, went against the, the whole thing. They thought it was horrible to depict New York like that for a film like this. They probably saw a preview of it. That's why, uh, you know, because it was such shit. Uh, if it was well, a good I mean, quality film, it really film, is it very deceiving. Yeah, yeah, if you deceiving. if you watch this movie thinking it's in Manhattan for most of it, it's very deceiving. I mean, they're li it's literally like an hour and ten minutes into the movie where he before he gets to Manhattan. Oh god, the longest yeah. boat ride ever. Yeah, oh, and it's it's yeah, it's I mean, it's it's yeah. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> again, word of mouth <laughs> word of mouth killed this like it killed five because again, uh, the domestic box office uh, it was the poorest performing film in the Friday's Friday 13th series to date 
film received overwhelmingly negative reviews, almost 90.9%, for what critics saw as weak humor, unintelligent plotting, and a failure to effectively deliver on the promise of its title. Yeah. So there you go, Carol. People were pissed about that. The next installment yeah, of the series, is. Jason Goes to Hell, was released in 1993. We'll get to that because there's a long, this was such a failure that they took a long time off. God, they didn't know if they yeah, wanted to bring this crap back. So let's let's get into this quickly because there's not really anything to go over uh, too much. But um, it has one good death, which is Julius. One He's good death. Uh, well, to, to, tell everyone about that particular. Julius, Julius plays boxer. And he's on the cruise. He makes it off the cruise and uh, onto their little boat. And they actually make it to Manhattan. And he has an encounter with uh, Jason on a, on a roof. And they're basically, he's just punching the shit out of Jason. And he's just punching and punching and punching him until he, he wears himself out. And he, he finally just looks at Jason and he says to him, um, he says, uh, take your best shot, motherfucker. And Jason just punches his head right off. And if it, it goes like tumbling all the way into a garbage can, <laughs> that's oh, the God. best one. That's the only thing that's memorable about this movie. <laughs> it is actually well, amusing. Yeah, it, was, it was very amusing scene. It is I mean, amusing. Yeah, I mean, when they get to Manhattan, you know, uh, uh, what's her name? The the girl, Rennie, I think her name is, you know, like these guys like kidnap her and shoot her up with drugs. I was like, oh, my God. You know, like it's just like, absolutely ridiculous. Although she does get reunited with her dog, which was very, it made me very happy. She does. I, I actually was wondering what happened to the dog until the very end. <laughs> the dog, they bring the Back. so the, the, the this film is just panned and it's time to give yeah, this character good. a break people are done we are now entering 1990 it's a new time uh people are going in a different direction countries going in a different direction um but yeah because in the early 90s they you know they they killed off freddie because freddie killed off in 91 and then i guess hard movies were dead hard movies were dead they were like, pretty absolutely was, completely yeah. dead um dumb. like i said i am of age where every weekend a date was taking people to the movies and we didn't see any horror movies in 91 92 yeah uh, went to a lot of concerts yeah we started going to concerts instead of taking people to clubs um you know movies was kind of like eh, a lot of shit out at that time um action was kind of the the move at that point you know um there was some some decent films but horror was not yeah took a break so 1993 i remember again here i am in 1992 i think i'm at um my cousin Vinny. i think we're going to see and this was like a year before or months before and there's you know sometimes they have a trailer that's about a year before or coming soon or whatever jason goes to hell see a trailer for jason goes to hell uh, might even been interviewed with a vampire actually, uh, which I consider a horror movie to a degree, but not really. You know, it's based off a book and Rice. You know, it's horror to a degree. It's horror with a bunch of A-list actors. Yeah. You know, much different thing. You know, the appeal was Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. You know, and uh, Christian Slater, who was still a star at that point. So that was our idea. That was horror at that time. So anyway, we're at the movies. We see a trailer for Jason Goes to Hell. He's back. Evil has finally found a home. The return. You know. Jason goes to hell and we're like, Oh, this, this could be great. All right. You know, we hadn't seen him and we haven't seen Jason in a while. We welcome mm. almost like a wrestler returning right to the Federation. <laughs> so it comes out. I saw this in the theaters with my cousins in long Island. August, I remember it. Well, my cousins, Tim and Tom, shout out to them. We'll listen to the show. August 13th, 1993. We go to see Jason goes to hell out in, uh, I guess, Massapequa where we were at. And uh, yeah, summertime, movie wasn't that crowded i remember we were and then again we were hearing people who saw it some mutual friends of ours eh, it wasn't that great but the ending there's a there's an interesting ending and you know what we're going to talk about well i mean it also this one also has a very different concept than any of the other 
Friday right. the 13th. You know, once again, Jason's really not in it. I, I mean, he's in it, but he's really not in it. You know, and right. he gets like 10 minutes of like technical Jason screen time. It's only like 10 or 15 minutes throughout the whole movie. I, the concept is that it's not actually that terrible, but it, it really doesn't fly. Not for a Friday the 13th movie. No, again, um, uh, you know, it, uh, the, the film, again, low box office returns. Well, let's get to, uh, you know, what, what it did. And this didn't surprise me. It's getting worse and worse for this franchise. After a four-year layoff, it's not looking promising. Budget of three million and box office of fifteen million and change again can't break the twenty million mark at, at all anymore, and even after a four year layoff and probably the movie was shitty it just wasn't good, and uh, you know uh, the film this film was panned again by critics and fans alike criticizing its supernatural way too much in the supernatural elements mm -hmm. and the elimination of Jason Voorhees as a physical character mm -hmm. uh, from the from the from the film. Uh, so, uh, again, there was really, you can fast forward through this whole movie, Carolyn, and get to the last 90 seconds, maybe, and see a precursor for what's to come yeah. years from now. <laughs> and that's all anybody talked about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, all I ever heard about. That's all you ever. Now, do you remember yeah. seeing this specifically? Um, I do remember it because I, I, I personally was a fan of Stephen. Well, is a fan of Stephen Williams, who plays the uh, Creighton Duke character. Right. Um, he was on X Files. I was a big X Files fan, and I, like, I've seen every single episode of X Files, and I watched it literally. Was well, he the guy in Rocky too? Uh, Touch me and I'll sue. I don't remember. That, is that, that him? him? Yeah, I think so. Is that might be him? I haven't maybe, seen Rocky. Is it him or maybe it's not him? Also, I don't know. I'd have to look it up to say. But um, yeah, I, I, you know. I can see why this oh, no, one they're, they're different didn't guy, different do guys. well. I haven't seen Rocky Two in a long time. Oh, he's a guy from Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I, this, you know, this one to me, it's not for me. It's not as terrible as everyone else like makes it out to be. For yeah. me, I, I, I mean, I like kind of like the concept of you know, passing through different bodies because he kind of has to be reborn thing. Right. But I, I don't really, I never, the whole reborn thing makes no sense because why? You just get, you, you can just be killed again. You're supposed exactly. to be supernatural yeah. at this point. So what's the point of that? Stupid. But I think, you know, yeah, I think they were just looking for a way to kind of kill him and, and try and maybe do the, obviously the tie-in at the end. But um, yeah, I, I I personally, I don't mind it. Um, it. It had some interesting, you know, little, I, I don't like, you know, his, when they do actually kill him, it's sort of, it, it turned into a very early 90s, you know, with all the lights and him like spinning yeah, around kind of. Yeah, yeah and he gets souls, dragged into Jason the ground. Accumulated, and, the souls that he accumulated over time, they're all released. And yeah, the demonic hands burst out of the ground. He's got a half sister, hell, yeah. you know, like they, they bring family into it. All of a sudden yeah. he never had other family. Um, yeah. You know, the, one of the grossest thing was that they, they kill um I, the the aunt or something or the niece and then they, they're like does does she need to be alive for him to come back and they're like nope and he crawls like through you know he gets in her in a different way it's really gross <laughs> yeah. but there's some gross things you know when he eats the heart yeah you know, it just uh, again I, it. but it's yeah i understand why it's not a favorite yeah it's not, not a favorite and again jason is uh basically uh it's for me it's fair i can watch it i don't right. mind it pulled into the ground and yes. uh the, the way that the last and again spoiler if anybody didn't see it but too bad yeah uh, later a dog a dog literally a, a dog walks uh, uh unearths jason's mask while he's digging in the dirt and then Freddy Krueger's gloved hand bursts out of the dirt and pulls Jason's mask down into hell. And laughs, yeah. And laughs. <laughs> that was where it was like, oh, you know, yeah. 30 seconds of this film is a must see. I think people rented the VHS just to see that part. 
you know, because, you know, you couldn't. I again, watched it for that online. part. Yeah, I watched yeah. it just for that part. Like, I, I, because I, I'm obviously the Freddy freak. So I, I watched it. And plus, you know, you had already been hearing if you were a horror fan, you had already been hearing for four years. This has been going on for a you while. Know, with the Freddy versus Jason, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? And then to be bought by New Line, which is the house that Freddy built. You know, so there was always in the 90s, it was this constant anticipation of is this going to ever be made? Is it ever going to happen? And you also have to understand, you know, the character of Jason can be played by anybody. I think it's more known, you know, for Kane Hodder nowadays. It, it's I think most people know it well, him, but there's other there's other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, again, he's, Ari, what's his name? Uh, but Robert yeah, England is pretty and I'm, obviously Robert England is not getting any younger as time is going on. So there was always like, is it ever going to get made? And then at that point, what is it going to be? And keep in mind, this is 1993. We're yeah. still nine years ten away. Years off. Yes. Right, almost 10 years off. And by the way, the disappointment, Sean Cunningham returns for the first time in years as the producer, co-producer of this piece of shit. Uh, you know, so, so, so again, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, again, um, the final Friday, it probably should have been, you know, the final one for a while. And it was, by it the was. way. It was. It basically was. Um, 2001. Right. So um, it, the rest of the 90s is gone. You don't even hear about Jason anymore. It's just it's a dead issue, so to speak. Uh, you don't even know. Sometimes you'll hear, again, the Fangoria magazines or at this point, People America Online is kicking in and there's chat rooms for horror. Remember my brothers being in them. Um, and, uh, you know, there's this talk. I remember in the beginning of the 2000s or maybe it was after 9-11, I heard about the uh, a uh, new Jason, a uh, new Friday the 13th coming out, but I didn't know the concept of it. And then I heard my brother, Mike, I think, tell me he's Jason in space, like Jason yeah. in space. And I was like, really? You know? Well, they did this just to, uh, which I thought was funny. It's a quote. As a tweener. Keep, between, yes, to keep yeah. interest. And in Jay, I don't, I, I you don't didn't really know that think, then though. You didn't know that then. Yeah. You, you know? didn't really. Well, no, I had heard. No, I had actually heard about it before. Um, they're, 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 when they talked about, well, you didn't know about the interest thing. You just figured they wanted to kick out another, you know, uh, that they were, because there was still, they were going back and forth with the scripts and they couldn't, they just couldn't agree on anything. There was so, you know, directors and all sort of shit. So they did Jason 10 in the hopes that people would still be interested in it. And they just threw him in space because they had already, you know, they had the Cinnabots were in space. The leprechauns were in space. They, they, they had put a whole bunch Muppets of Muppets were in space. Yeah, the horror icons. <laughs> Muppets, yeah. Muppets the, in space yeah. was sick. That was a sick, <laughs> fucking I, sick. I'm a fan of space. Jason X, actually. I actually like it. I, I, I thought the humor was fun. It was, you know, it was goofy. It's goofy. It's not, you know, it's not like uh, to be taken completely seriously. <laughs> well, let's, <laughs> you know? let's, let, yeah, let's get into it quickly. Yeah. And then, cause we're going to spend a little bit more time I on the like last it, two though. films. Uh, it's directed by Jim Isaac. Uh, it was released in uh, November. Uh, no, sorry. November in uh, Spain. It was April 26, 2002 in the United States. Um, it's going to go, again, uh, Friday the 13th don't have long running times, 92 minutes. Uh, budget until of, the remake, which I'll tell the, that until, fun story. Un, until the remake. Yeah. Budget of uh, 11 to 14 million uh, and only made 17 million. It barely made back what they spent. So technically not a successful film. Obviously, uh, the, the poster is Jason. Uh, it's, it's evil uh, gets an upgrade is the tagline for the movie. Um, I guess they couldn't use in space. They can't hear you scream. That was yeah. taken already for uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that so. old uh, was the 2001 Odyssey, whatever that was. Yeah. Um, again, you know, he's in space and, uh, you know, uh, to me, I, I didn't see this in the theaters. I, I, wound up, I ended up seeing this again on cable. 
the movies at this point, Carol, in the 2000 was coming out much more rapidly. On oh, cable. yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was like two months after it was uh, out of theaters. Jason is uh, cryo what is it? Uh, uh, cryogenically frozen yeah. for 445 years and wakes up in the year two. Uh, 2455 after being found by a group of students who he subsequently stalks and kills one by one. Um, again, he's got this regenerative power. Uh, you know, I, no, he doesn't. It, have it would like have been a any, no, but it would have power. been any, it would have been anything better. But this whole thing is, you know, he looked like he didn't look anything like Jason. Obviously, no, no. Well, he does look like Jason until the they blow him right. to shreds. Yes, they, they they do. He he does look like Jason through most the of it. For, yeah, right. Yeah, and then he he is yeah. When, once he's you know fixed by all the little uh, little thing. I forgot I forgot what they were called. Uh, and then he becomes his name is actually Uber, Uber Jason. Jason. He yeah, becomes Uber Jason, and then he's got the funky mask and and all other stuff. But there is some you know interesting stuff in it. They do a um, um, the uh, what's it called um, the virtual reality where they they spin him back to Camp Crystal Lake with like two girls yeah, and, and they're can, like yeah, you know like they just yeah, start, you know they take their clothes off. But and it's very com very comedic though. The, the, yes, at this, it at this, is. At this yeah, point, it's it's a horror comedy. Yeah, point. it's sort of they did like the child's play. Like they kind of just made it sort of yeah, like a, it, 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 again. They, they, yeah, they made it humorous. There was a lot yeah. of ha ha. I mean, you're in space. What are you gonna do? <laughs> you're in space. I, I know what to do. Not go see it. Um, <laughs> not make it. Um, so uh, I remember, and of course, the, has a great death scene though. A uh, great death scene. Of, has a great uh, death scene. Adrian's of uh, what the face and the yes. uh, frozen concoction, and then smashing it into the liquid nitrogen. Uh, liquid nitrogen. Oh, and he just smashes it into the. Oh my God, that one is just brutal. That just so brutal. That was a. That's a memorable scene. You yeah, know, that's pretty, yeah. That's pretty much the most memorable death that um, I can think of. Kane Hodder, of course, plays Jason again yeah. as uh, Jason and Uber Jason. Uh, no other stars of note uh, in this at all. I was actually looking no. up and down the line if anybody but yeah. a familiar actor. Um, and again, they're uh, at this point development. Uh, you know, they were talking about Freddie Jason. I guess it was in play at this point because obviously it's coming out a year later. So it was already either being filmed or uh, was it already done at that point? I mean, no, I don't think so. I, I think uh, because I think this was supposed to be released in 2001. I don't know right. why it was really, why it says 2002. Probably um, because of 9-11. Yeah, probably. A lot of movies. If you um, a lot of movies. Yeah, so, it, uh, yeah, because I, I think I'm pretty sure Freddy vs. Jason was filmed in the beginning of 2003 or the very end of 2002. So well, let's let's yeah, let's get right into that. Um, you know, uh, Freddy vs. Jason, which we talked about, obviously, on the Nightmare, the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, retrospective that we did for Carolyn's birthday. <laughs> so we'll, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about this, maybe touch upon some things we didn't touch upon on that one. Um, of course, released in uh, August 15, 2003, Carolyn told the story yeah. on the last one of uh, the blackout. The New York uh, City blackout. The, the, well, well, the Northeast blackout, <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah, that's um, right. I always forget that it, it yeah, did no, affect it's other. Yeah, it well, did affect. From, it affected from, Jersey. It well, affected Connecticut. Pennsylvania. Yeah, Pennsylvania. It did yeah. Affect, yeah, it did affect other places. Um, again, thirty million dollar budget, hundred and sixteen million. Now, you, now, the, now you're dealing with big boy money here. Now oh, yeah. with, well, uh, people yeah, are dying to see them go after each other. So yeah, we did a deep dive on it on on the last one. So we can just kind of maybe talk about the the Jason perspective, even though you're more of a, a Freddy girl, so to mm -hmm. speak. I'm more of a Jason guy. I would. Well, say. this movie is dominated by Jason. Yeah, it's completely dominated by Jason. It's, it's it's more dominated. I think Freddie has technically, I think he has two kills in the movie. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. he doesn't have that many. So it, it, it is. I mean, look, I, I, I you know, um, I don't think I've ever said this before, but I 
would read i have a for movies that i really like i will read like look them up online and read the scripts because a lot of times what the original script is is different from what's either filmed or what's get what gets taken you know what what ends up being the final cut and i read the freddie verse jason one because i was very curious because i had heard that there were a lot of things that were cut out of the movie or weren't filmed, you know, for whatever reasons. So I read the original script to just see the differences. And, you know, the differences with Freddie were huge, especially in the very beginning. His monologue is, is a lot longer. It's still more in depth, you know, but look, a lot of people wanted to just see them go after each other. And their fight scenes are fantastic. Their two main fight scenes are great. And the I remember being good, yeah. in the theater when they got to the second one, when they pull Freddie out of the dream, yeah. and he's in the cabin, the fucking theater went nuts. Cause you know, Jason flips the table. He's got the machete, the place is on fire, you know, and Freddie's like looking around like, oh shit, I'm pulled out of, you know, I'm pulled out of the dream. And now they're gonna go at it. And I can't tell you the theater lost their fucking minds. Like <laughs> they were going crazy, you know? And I think in, in for me, and then the theater that I was in the first night it came out, um, definitely more Jason fans. I, I, people were going nuts for Jason and people still make fun of me to this day saying that Jason won. And I, I will battle that to the death. There's no winner in it, okay? There's no winner. No, I, really you know, nice. Freddie winks at the end. There's any laughs. He has the last laugh, literally. He was headless so, though. Yeah, he he's headless, but he's a dream character. You can't kill him. Even when you pull him out of the goddamn dream, he comes back in the dream. It doesn't matter. So there's no, that Freddie, Jason didn't win. Freddie didn't lose. Suck a dick. I don't care what everybody says. Like, that's, like, it's not the case. But no, I, I was very surprised at how many people were like really literally rooting for Jason. It was, it was fun to, it was fun to be there. It was fun to enjoy. I don't, did you, did you see it in the theater? You didn't see it in the theater, right? No, I didn't see it in the theater. Yeah. I, uh, my it was very enjoyable. girlfriend at the time wound up buying the DVD from me that Christmas, I think of 2003. Oh. Uh, so, uh, we got to watch it. Uh, she had seen it in the theater. Uh, and obviously, like I said, they got a couple of, uh, you know, uh, actors of the moment, you know, Kelly Rowland from, yes. uh, you know, what's, Destiny's uh, Child. Destiny's Child. And, uh, speaking, we were talking about Jack Tripper earlier, Jason Ritter, son of John yeah. Ritter was in it. Monica Kea, uh, Kena, um, obviously Robert England, uh, reprised his role. Um, who played Jason in this actually? Oh, that's Ken, Ken Kersinger. Ken yes, Ken Kersinger. Yeah, Kersinger. Um, Who actually plays the diner guy. And he plays the chef in uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. Right, that's right. <laughs> he's yes, yeah, correct. he's in it. Yeah. So again, yeah, I didn't I didn't see it there. But again, we talked about it on the last one. We don't want to be repetitive here. And plus, we really want to give some time to the Friday the 13th uh, 2009 film. But yeah, big comeback uh, for both uh, Freddie and for Jason. Uh, and and uh, revitalized now, did you find interest. it as a fulfilling, you know, battle between the two? Like, yeah, yeah, no, I thought it was good. Yeah. I mean, I'm more of a Jason guy, but I I, I like the battle. I mean, the size difference is, is huge. It's like oh, Ray Mysteri yeah. Mysterio fighting yeah. Big Show, but uh, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was fun. And 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 Freddie is like uh, you know, a slippery guy and kind of like just you know, uh, you know, Jason's I a big dumb say, dumb fool, is... and Freddie's more intelligent. So it's kind of like the big lummox this is no uh, against joke. the, the shifty shady guy. Yeah, this is a true story. I saw it five times in the theater. Yeah. The third yeah. time I was in the theater. I don't know if you remember um, the scene where he is, uh, where Freddie is fighting with uh, Jason, but he has him in the dream. Right. And they're at there. He's he's knocking him around with his, right. you know, his finger knives and like a pinball machine. 
And then it, uh, Jay said at one point he hits the top and then he hits, he, he goes from the ceiling all the way down to the floor. And Freddie says something right there. No shit. The third time I'm in the theater, I'm sitting there by myself because now I go, it's like a Tuesday morning. I'm sitting in the theater, I'm by myself. And I finally, I hear what he actually says. He says, tilt. Uh-huh. And I start hysterically laughing because I'm like, oh my God, it took me three times seeing this fucking movie before I realized what he said there. I laughed for like 10 minutes by myself in the theater, like a dope. Okay. I, I don't know why I found it so funny, but I found it absolutely hysterical. Now, anytime I watch it, every time it gets to the part, I'm like, oh, here comes the tilt. Yes. <laughs> like, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 have, I, have the, I have the DVD. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I'm, yeah, I, I watch it those things I go and watch, but something uh, going now, uh, after this is done, like I said, the, 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 the yeah, kind of dies down for a while. <laughs> done for a while. And uh, f- six years goes by. And then all of a sudden, uh, here we go with the uh, reboots and remakes are coming out left and right. From uh, Hills Have Eyes Halloween. to uh, Halloween, When a Stranger Calls. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're remaking Carrie. They remade Carrie. Uh, a lot of films. Too many to even mention. Uh, Hollywood's officially out of ideas at this point in the 2000s. But uh, we hear Sean S. Cunningham is returning as an executive producer, but teaming up with some people thought this was great. Some people thought this was horrible with Michael Bay, legendary uh, filmmaker and and director and uh, a guy who can get a lot of money from studios. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those talk about an endless budget. This was going to be. You know, spare no expense to make this the best Friday the 13th upgraded, updated, uh, you know, just uh, this is going to be good. And and Sean Cunningham promised this was going to be good to the fans. You're going to be happy with Jay. You're going to this, this Jason is like something you've never seen before and more of a realism to it, not supernatural, getting away from that. So you were kind of told that I remember seeing Sean Cunningham doing our interviews in advance. I'm like, good, you know, because I was tired of Supernatural and the lightning bolt and the Frankenstein monster. I was tired of it. So I'm like, wow, so he's going to be a real killer person. But how would he survive? Are they going to drown him? Like, and I was wondering how they're going to do this. Um, And uh, again, this was something I was really looking forward to seeing. And I did see it in the theaters, by the way. The last movie I saw, by the way. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah, I did saw see it in the theater. Nice. Yeah. So did I. Yep, saw it in the theater. I saw it on Valentine's Day. I went the day after. Saw it by myself. My, <laughs> yep, saw it, with, saw, it with my, saw it with my ex. And we had just moved to, to this house that I'm in now about a year and a half before. Because this was in, um, uh, what was this release? February 2009. Yeah. yeah, we had moved here at the end of 2007. Another 13th. <laughs> yes, I know, yes. August 13th. August 13th. Uh, July, yeah, so we went to see it here in the local area in Queens, and you know, I was excited to go see. I'd been to the movies in so long, by the wow. way, ten years maybe. Uh, I think the last movie I saw actually was It Can Happen to You. Oh wow! With, uh, Nicholas Cage and oh Rosie Perez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top wins the lottery. Yeah. Saw that in the movies in 1994. Damn. Uh, that's the last time I was in the movies, and uh, so I didn't even know what I didn't know how much a movie was. <laughs> I didn't know anything. I didn't know how we were going to sit. You know, what, what was the deal? Was there a new behavior process in the movies? I didn't know what the hell was going on. But uh, I remember I was excited because I really wanted to see this. And I remember seeing the the, the, the interviews and stuff. Uh, I knew the guy from, uh, you like that guy, Jared. Uh, my, my, yeah, my ex liked that guy too, by the way. Yeah, well, I'm a big Gilmore Girls fan. He was uh, yeah, the other thing yeah. he was in that you didn't see. The, um, Supernatural. Supernatural. Yeah, yeah Supernatural. I that was after Gilmore Girls. So it was well, after Gilmore during, Girls. During right, right. After, yeah. uh, Amanda Rigetti, who was kind of one of the Ed girls at the time, uh, was in the movie too. She was like in all the FHM magazine covers yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. Uh, and the great Derek Mears, who I, I always liked his work. Big, huge yeah, guy. Yeah, playing yeah. 
when he went, I knew he was playing Jason. I'm like, oh, this is good, because uh, he was in uh, he was in uh, the Hills Have Eyes too. Yep. He was in. He would go on to be in Predators actually and play one of the big Predators. Yes. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff like this is stuff that he did later. But I had seen what he looked like and he was doing the interview circuit too. I'm like, now this dude looks a lot better than Kane Hodder because Kane Hodder wasn't really a big guy. I think Kane was like five ten, uh, but he just was a muscular guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, he had a wrestling kind of body. Yeah, like, yeah, like a right. Yeah, he had. He looked like uh, Ted Arcidi or yeah. Big Bully Bushek or something like that. Um, but Derek Mears was just a real impressive uh, looking guy, and I'm like, oh, this should be this should be pretty cool. I think Derek Mears is like six seven and just ripped to shreds. So, uh, and I'd seen you know the trailer again, and I'm like, this Jason looks fucking sick. So again, it's released in the dead of winter. Now you said you saw this in the theater too. Did you see it uh, at your local theater? Did you travel for this one? Yeah, no, no, I saw it. I saw it by uh, where I lived, and um, yeah, I saw it for I saw it on Valentine's Day. I went the next day by myself because I was like, I want to see this one. And surprisingly, even though I'm not a remake fan, I've seen most of them. I've said this before, with the exception of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and the Child's Play ones. I've seen basically all of them. A lot of them I have seen in the theater. This one, um, you know, I I don't know. I had I I had seen the Halloween's the Halloween before in 2007. And then the second one came out in 2009. I think it was later in the year, though. I don't think it had come out yet. and this one, I don't know. I just, you know, because I wasn't like a huge, huge diehard, even though I've seen them, seen them all many times, diehard fan. I was like, all right, let's just give it a shot, see what it's like. And um, surprisingly pleased, like very pleased. It's actually one of my favorite. If I ranked them, I actually would rank it probably my top three, you know, with the first one and then. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that. We'll rank yeah. them uh, when we close out in a few. Uh, it had a budget of 19 million, obviously, like I said, with Michael Bay oh, on Michael board, Bay. a lot of money was <laughs> Michael Bay getting whatever he wants out of studios, uh, box office of 92.7 million, which for 2009, very good. Probably today it would be 150 million probably, uh, with, with the way people go to see these kind of uh, hype movies. Again, I had some, you know, horror community backlash, but in advance before anybody even saw it was. Yeah, that's what it. happens now. But you're going to yeah. get that. Yeah, Social you get that in wrestling, media. too, yeah. before an event. Yeah, I know. Happens. They kill it before it happens. They kill it whatever happens. And it's uh, I remember the poster was really cool. Welcome to Crystal Lake. And there he is, Derek Mir standing there. Uh, old school, Jason, hockey mask, clean cut, kind of uh, tattered clothes, but nothing like a gas station attendant uh, clothes like the old one was wearing. Uh, so the poster was pretty cool. It looked pretty sick. The trailer was pretty sick. And you saw that Crystal Lake thing. I remember in the trailer, you just kind of really got excited. Um, and again, uh, with Sean S. Cunningham, the originator of this whole thing on board, along with Michael Bay, it was like a super lineup, super team lineup with the two of them. It's like, uh, you know, the mega powers here uh, teaming up. Uh, one guy was a money guy. One guy was creative. And mm-hmm. I think that's what it takes to make a, a big, a big film successful. Uh, now they use the Crystal Lake concept, as you know, Callan, right? And they they yeah. used uh, the beginning. Uh, it was very quick, though, through the beginning. Remember the way the beginning started with the mother, the narration yeah, of, of the drowning and stuff. And they went, they yeah, ran through God it pretty they didn't quickly. Do a freaking nine-hour recap. No, I can't no, it's very that. quick. Yeah, very quick. I, can't say, I know people who are going to see this know the back history of these movies. They did that with Superman. It drove me crazy. They kept doing flashback. I'm like, no, just stick to the movie. Like, we know what's going on. Like, you don't have to keep telling us. And and they didn't do that. And it was great. It was like, boom, there you go. The family gets killed. <laughs> right. And I love I love the way this film was described. Now, the film was originally conceived as an origin story, basically. Uh, it was, it, but it evolved into a reimagining of the first four Friday the 13th films. When you think about it, because a lot of things were, if you saw even some of the kills and in the barn and stuff, they mixed, they basically melted the four together. 
if you notice, the yeah. first four. Uh, the character Jason Voorhees was redesigned as he was not supernatural. He was as a lean, quick killer, uh, almost like a survivalist who was living in the woods, living off the land with a backstory that allows the viewers to feel sympathy for him to a degree because of what he went through and why he was alone by himself all these years, but not enough sympathy that they would, he would lose his menacing presence. Yeah. So I like, I like that, right? Like you lose I love that he was quick. Love right. that he was fast. You, you, me and you mentioned yes. off the show, you mentioned that tell, tell people what you, what you really liked about this character besides his physical presence. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I liked that he was, bigger i think you know like these kind of characters you know i i like same thing with michael myers in the the halloween remakes i like that he was bigger because to me you know scarier yes like it it's it, like to me those are supposed to like men they're supposed to be these menacing figures you know to be like five foot eight it doesn't work no offense anybody who's five foot eight but you know no like offense to be, yeah like oh yeah right. <laughs> I'm, Listen, I'm, I'm five nine i'm five nine no i'm just you know like when you think of these kind of you know, sort of barbarian type murdering creatures. I, I picture somebody. Oh, a wild you know, man. Yes, a wild who's, man. Yeah, who's not human, to, basically. Somebody who's just really big and scary. And, you know, I like that he was bigger and scary. And I loved that he was quick. And I remember, you know, sitting in the theater, watching the opening scene, not realizing it, it's the opening scene. Uh, yet I thought it was like the movie starting and that's the movie. And the whole opening scene is my favorite and probably oh, very good. most of any horror movies. I think that opening is just, I mean, it's 24 minutes long yes. and, you know, and, and um, the, the actors are great in it. It, it just, it's, it's quick. It's like a quick 24 minutes. So you, you don't even really it does, realize yes, it. I didn't even yes. realize. Yeah. yeah right. You're yeah, it's 24 the time minutes frame long. And it doesn't seem like that though. It doesn't, it doesn't at all. I remember sitting in the theater and when, you know, and he's, uh, you know, and, and the, and the deaths are brutal, like, and he's brutal. I'm talking, oh, he it's is like, brutal, yeah. yeah, there, it, there's no sympathy in this at all. And, and not even like, like thinking like he just boom. And, you know, he, he, when he ties um, uh, the, the one girl in the sleeping bag and he's got her over the fire and her boyfriend's in the bear trap oh. and he's just stuck sitting there. He can't get out. He's screaming and, oh, you know, and they come running back and he just comes charging at him and he hits him in the head with the machete and then to get the machete out he just boots him in the face and just boom you know and gets the machete and then he goes running after the other girl who you know he doesn't kill at first and uh it's just i don't know there was just something about it i just loved them being quick yeah and, like i said like a survivalist and, and because almost smarter like he's not like this bumbling idiot you know, like in the other movies, he would lumber around. He was slow. He would bang into things. He would stumble. He was over. a human trapper. Basically. Yeah. In this yeah. one, he was, you know, he, 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 he had lights. Like he, his, his, um, his place was booby trapped. Like he was remotely smart. Like he had been there a long time and was a survivalist. He knew what he was doing. Not necessarily that he was a genius, but right. he came up with these traps. He, you know, he had the, the whole basement was like a, oh, a gigantic it. trap. And, and, and now, yeah, and you saw and, and explain how he can be from one area to the other with these underground tunnels, which I yeah, he had all these different things, and how he was, you know, he still had his mother's head, and uh, you know, um, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the whole kind of family storyline, or I, I mean. I don't even know if it's supposed to be a family storyline. She yeah. looks like his mother. I mean, she was his sister. I don't even know what the hell she was. Yeah, but I wasn't a big fan of that because he, you know, they never really did that in any of the Jason movies. You know, that was more of the Michael Myers aspect of it. Yeah, I you think know, again, but, a little bit. And he never say he never kidnapped anybody and kept them around. Like that was never his thing. He no, never, they wanted to humanize him a little bit, obviously. Yeah. And, 
Uh, and sticking with the the the, the tone of, of the old films, uh, the Jason mask was recreated from the mold of the original mask used for part three. Uh, though they made some some subtle changes. Yeah, he doesn't have it in the beginning. And right. Then he gets it when he um, kills the, the hit guy. The, uh, the musical score and the kind of like drum, 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 drum. like they had like some real like good i, I like some of that stuff though yeah. the way they had uh, uh the music uh embedded into it there was some really creepy scenes like even when he retrieved the hockey mask again he stole it from that guy in the bar and the guy yeah. is down there reading the playboy or the whatever fucker. yeah and he goes about the mannequin fucker guy <laughs> and, and i just again i'll say this i did find myself in the chair watching the movie in the theater like ready to jump like, and I, again, I'm at this point, I, you know, I'm 40 years old, yeah. but, but, but again, I found myself not just cause I'm with my girlfriend, but and which she's kind of grabbing my arm and I'm holding on to the armchair of the, of the, of the seat. And I'm like, it, it was, it, it had you unnerved a little bit. It was a it was a scary movie and it was, and it had a lot of, as uh, Tom Savini calls it, uh, you know, those chair scares, yeah. uh, jump scares. There was a lot of jump scare moments and we'll talk about a, a couple of them, but you're right. The beginning was excellent. And if you weren't hooked by the beginning, if you were like complaining, I don't like this. Oh, and yeah, I don't know what you were watching. There's something wrong yeah, there's with something you. Wrong with you. Uh, because again, that that lured me in. I was I was down, and I'll be honest. When he was, uh, you know, when uh, the, the girl they were hiding uh, in the boats, and he was flipping the boats. Yes, off the thing. I was yes. like, yeah, I was like getting all like, holy shit! Again, yeah, something, and he was like just standing there for like a second, like, and you could tell, like, you can't see him looking around, but oh, he, he flips man. the light on, and he's just kind of like he like he can sense that something's not right. And he starts flipping the kayak so off, and he's he's gone. Oh, he's, God, and he's yeah. holding a dead body. He takes he's holding the dead, a dead body. body down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's holding a dead body like you hold a dead deer. <laughs> yeah, like and he's just, carrying this dead person back with him. Oh, it, you know, again, and he knows I, something's not right. And, I hadn't been on yeah. again. I hadn't been jumped like uh, again. The last horror movies I had seen, I was like, I told you, uh, interviewed a vampire and stuff. It wasn't didn't do anything for me. It was the first time in about twenty years I was unnerved by a horror movie in the theater. Yeah, so I enjoyed it. I like the feeling. I like the feeling of it. Yeah, know? there's painful death. It's not in the sense of, oh, my God, I'm grossed out. Like painful is in, wow, I really feel bad for what's going on. Yeah. As opposed to like some of the other ones where it's just, you know, most of the other movies, it's just this quick machete to the head. Like in this one, you know, there's things you don't. That Tom Cruise looking guy. What a Yeah, you don't even is, expect. Right? Yeah, like the guy who when he's on the boat with the girl with the boobies, you know, skiing behind him, he gets shot. All of a sudden he's shot through the eye with an arrow. And That's he right. falls onto the, the boat and then the boat starts, you know, she, she, she falls off her skis so and she's Willow waving Ford, him Willow and the Ford. boat hits her in the head. <laughs> Willow Ford, she was kind of a pin. Yeah, Willow Ford was like a pinup girl. In FHM, yeah, right? yeah. She did a lot of boobies. Her boobies are just there until so she gets yeah. killed. I mean, even when she gets killed, she gets That too, that came head. out of nowhere, that that arrow. Yeah, it was like, like, it was like oh, he's shit. literally, I mean, he looks like, um what's his name in uh in Fast Times at Richmond High? Uh, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey, yeah. He had that kind of stoner, like like laid back feel to him. He did, and then. The arrow um, to the eye was just so like, oh my god! And then she's, you know, she gets hit. In the she head got with the under, boat. yeah. She got under the, yeah. She, and then she managed to get back and under the, the, uh, yeah. the boardwalk. The and I'm, and you're like, okay, she's gonna be okay. And you hear him going away. Nope, and then stairs right in the head. Right in the head. <laughs> Those titties. And, uh, and the, yeah, exactly. She, um, but the, 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 to me, the menacing thing was the, the night scene of them in the house. Yeah, when he's, when he's tortured. Right, and the, the, we Chewy talked about and, the, right, the Chinese yeah. guy goes outside and goes to the, I guess it would be the shed, tool shed. I guess. Yeah, he's going to fix. Yeah, he, he needs to get something to fix something in the house. Yeah. 
and then he starts drinking and he gets the hockey stick and he's skating around. He turns around and there's Jason just standing oh, there. This is a size difference. Yeah, I, I you know he's like this, this little guy, guy oh, and the guy's holding the hockey stick. He's like, um, this completes your outfit. You know, and he kills him just and he kills him, tortures him. I mean, he, he, does, he yeah. pokes him like through the face and he just keeps going and squeezing and squeezing. It's like, oh my God. You know, and then um uh, who's the other? I can't think of his so name. So it's the black dude, right? Who uh, yes. comes out the the uh, the way Jason chasing. That was him. Chewy. Um, who yeah. is? Um, I can't think. Who? Which one? I can't think of his character's name. Uh, was it Trent? Oh, that was no. Trent is the annoying uh guy who gets impaled on the uh the car uh, the um the hail bay maybe thing. It was Wade or uh, Richie. Maybe maybe it's Wade. Maybe it was Wade. Yeah, and he okay. he goes after Chewy. And Jason's chasing after him and he throws the uh, axe at him yeah. and he hits him in the back and then he's got him outside and he's just screaming for yeah. help. And, then the and they're all in the house like, oh, my God, we have to help him. And Jared Padalecki's character, Clay, is like, no, he's just taunting us. He wants us to come out. And Jason never did stuff like that before. It was yeah. never he was always Cat just kill him and that's it. And he's oh, just taunting the yeah. shit out of, you know, and, and then he finally does kill him and he just goes to the house anyway, he kills the cop. You know, at the door. Well, kills- do you remember that scene where it was almost like Batman, where he's standing on the roof? Yes, and he's looking and, over. And, yeah, and looking over. Oh my God! Like that was. And then the other scene when the girl's in the the room and pulls back the curtain, and he's behind, and then this monster is behind the curtain. Yeah. And just and you realize the size of him. Oh yeah, no, he's, he's just huge. A, a yeah, beast. he's huge. And again, his presence was really good. I I can't imagine how anybody didn't think this guy was excellent. As him, I get people get an affinity. Can I? Can I? Can I? It's you got to move on sometimes from these characters. I think Robert England's the only guy who can claim to yeah. fame that character. What you're talking about, uh, you know, this is not like The Undertaker, like someone replacing Mark Calloway to play yeah. The Undertaker. This is a different. It's the presence. It's the walk. It's the gate. It's the. It's the way yeah, you, you kill. It's move. the movements, right? And Derek Mears nailed this shit. And I think critically, he got high praise. Um, but getting back to uh, and one of the best kill scenes, we talked about it off the show, uh, the the uh, Tom Cruise guy who was a real prick. I mean, the epitome of a douchebag. He had a face just like Tom Cruise um, when he gets put on the uh, tow truck. Yeah, that's right. He just embeds him. Yeah, he embeds yeah, him. On, 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 yeah, he stabs him and then he like throws him onto the. Yeah, the, and, and the truck drives off with his the, body. Just yeah, on <laughs> he like slides down it and oh. the car just drives away. Because like just a looks second, at him, yeah. There's a second where they're wondering, like he's wondering if that's Jason driving, which you never, yeah, Jason never drove, but he's no. standing there in the middle of the street, like, oh my God, is this him? And then he turns around and Jason's right there and he just stands there and then oh. just throws him on that thing. And it's like, bye. Just but the, the one thing I was always surprised is that they killed the Whitney character who is the um, Amanda uh, Amanda Rigetti. Rigetti. Yeah, because yeah, she's sort of like the sidekick to Clay. And then, you know, when they find his sister, who's, uh, you know, Jenna or whatever her name is, um, like, she, and they're trying to escape the house that he, that Jason's basically built and lives in, and they're trying to escape it. When they killed her, I was like, oh my God, shit, they killed her. Like, I didn't expect that one. That one was one where I was like, oh, and I actually felt bad because she was, was, she was nice. She I was, was trying cute. to figure out who she was from. She was on the OC, that, that, popular, yeah, I didn't watch that, that. popular TV show. Uh, that, yeah, I didn't watch that. I knew she, I knew she was like a, like a sort of like a name, but I, I didn't really, I didn't watch that show. So I didn't know who she was. Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, they had some people who had a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I only really knew Jared Padalecki. He was the only uh, that that girl, uh, Danielle Panabaker. She yeah. she had some some roles there. She was in Disney films and stuff. Um, but again, the film did very well as far as at the box office goes. But let's get to the uh, the uh, the ending. 
with um, with the, with the final fight scenes and stuff where they it's very uh, part three in the barn with the hanging yeah. of him and stuff and the fight in the barn. You think he's dead and he lunges forward. And uh, now, obviously, the the, the ending. Uh, what Did you like the final climax scene in the barn and stuff? Did you right off the bat say, oh, this is part three? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, there's definitely similarities in, you know, some of the, the previous films. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, look, how, how many, yeah, how can you kill him? I, I, you, you kind of just got to go. I know they put him in like the wood chipper kind of thing or whatever it was. I forgot what that, that machine Well, they put the, the chain on his, uh, yeah, yeah, on his head, chipper, whatever yeah. that thing was. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the whole throwing him into the water, which I never understood why I put him back in the water. You know, but I guess you got nothing better to do with him, so they dump him in the yeah. water. But you know, you know, and the jump scare. But yeah, I mean, the, the, I liked the whole climax, basically up from when you know they're in the house and they're trying to get the sister out, and and from then on, it's you know, it's quick. And like I said, it's it's much faster. It's it's a faster pace, you know, for a Jason movie. And um, but no, I yeah, I liked I liked all of that you know with the exception of the whole kind of she looks like the mother thing i didn't that i didn't care for it is what it is but yeah i, I mean yeah again, yeah again that's elements of part yeah, two they had a, you know from the first uh, right scene. they they meshed uh one two three and four different elements you can yeah. find them all in different uh and again anybody who didn't see that because I, I can i just have this feeling that a lot of people listening to this might not have seen the remake and uh, maybe they were on the fence about no, it because they they're anti-remake Definitely check it out. I mean, I hate me Carolyn on. Yeah, no, I, I, not, I don't like them <laughs> either. Remakes. This was one of the, the best remakes. And I know Carolyn is much more like stringent and stuff like oh, this. Yeah. And you're much more, yeah. you know, what you, you know, there's certain things you just are, are not going to even give interest to. Right. No. <laughs> but this is one that we both agreed on. And I, I even said, I hope some people who are on the fence about it say, yeah, I'm going to check it out because it, it really was worth it. I can't imagine anybody said, uh, three, th well, you get three things out of it. A, uh, you know, the kills are great. The cinematography is fantastic and it zips through. It's not boring at all. Right. Colin, it's not, it's, 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 no, pretty it's up -tempo. Not boring. Yeah. And I will say, I I've told you this story before and I'll tell it real quick. When mm -hmm. I saw it in the theater, um, back when I used to drink soda, I used to, my ritual, cause I always stick to my rituals. My rituals when I would go to a movie is I would get, um, a Slurpee and the chips, the nachos. So, and I would always look at how long the movies are because I like to, I don't like to get up in a movie and, and go to the bathroom or anything like that. I want to sit through the whole movie. So I go to the movie and I forget to look, and this is 2009. So it's not like as, you know, I know it doesn't seem like, but like to get on the internet on your phone, it wasn't always like the easiest, quickest thing to do. So I'm like, ah, all right, it's a Friday the 13th movie. How long can it be? I'm going to say hour and 20, hour and 25 minutes tops. So as I said before, you're sitting there, I'm sitting there, I'm drinking my Slurpee. I got my chips. I'm trying to pace myself. I get through the opening scene and they get to the opening, you know, the opening, uh, 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 the, the title card. I'm like, damn. And I looked at it and I, I was like, wow, that had to at least be 20 minutes. I now know it's 20, it's 24 minutes. I'm like, wow, that's the beginning. So sure enough, I'm sitting through the movie and I'm, it's going and it's going and it's going. And I'm like, I know I'm an hour in. I'm like, wow, it still seems like there's a lot to this movie. Now I really have to pee. But I'm like, nope, not getting up. Because now, I'm, I mean, I'm hooked on the movie anyway. If the movie would have been bad, I would have gotten up. But right. I'm like, no, I actually want to sit and see what's going on. And the pace is very good. Don't get me wrong. But it once is. it started getting to like the last, you know, like the last 15, 20 minutes, you know, where they, they're going to the climax and all the stuff, the fighting and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, how long is this movie? I didn't realize that it wasn't. It's not a typical like hour. You know, it's, I think it's an hour. It's 105 minutes. So like I didn't time it well enough. <laughs> so by the time, as soon as it, like it hit the credits, 
I didn't care if it was a Marvel movie and there was other stuff going on. I bolted out of there because I had to be so mad. Oh, <laughs> and that was my Valentine's Day, by the way. So. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. So, and I'm like, yeah, it's, but it's a quick, it's a quick out 105 minutes. It's really, it's a very good pace. It's there. There's no like real moment where you're like, oh my God, when is this going to pick up again? I, I tell like you. The other ones. There's can, ones I, like that. I can go watch it tonight after the show. Like after we do the show, like I feel like I almost want to watch it again now. Uh, that's how much I like it. Yeah, uh, I, could, so, I could watch it anytime. It's on. I don't, I'll put it on. Yeah. Let's. Uh, so uh, we're closing out. Let's do uh, out of the twelve uh, Friday the Thirteenth films. Oh, let's man. do your top five. It doesn't have to be in chronological. Your top five favorites out of the twelve. Yeah, I would say um, for me one, mm -hmm. four. Mm -hmm. um, I know people buy like like three, but I don't know. I would. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say three. I'm okay. sorry, Jason 10 and the, and the remake. Okay. All right, so that's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, like this, mine but. would be the remake, uh, part one, uh, part three, four, and I'll go with uh, uh, the New Blood. New Blood, that's yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I do, I do like New Blood. I, but yeah, no, I would, yeah, that's... I Listen, the franchise, look, the franchise itself, like you, oh, did you say, yeah, you, know, you said earlier about the 12, right? With the 13, they right. definitely should make another one just to have the 13. Just really to have should. the 13, yeah, it's very ironic. They I really I, should. I, told I don't know, I haven't heard anything because this right. is the longest gap, technically. 2009 it's, is the last one, it's 2021. Yeah, 2021. There's 12 movies, I mean, 12 no, years. No, not that I've heard and you would have heard no word. I have any, not heard anything about right. anything new coming up or anything like that. And, um, yeah, and I was surprised because I think the remake was very good considering. So, you know, I, I'm surprised that they haven't really tried to, uh, I mean, maybe maybe they are, are talking about it and with the possibilities of doing another one. I really haven't heard anything that, that's um, interesting. So, uh, I mean, listen, you know, horror movies or, or some franchises are just franchises that will never die. They'll always, you know, people will always go see them. They'll always have that interest. I, I think Jason is definitely one of them. Um, I don't think you could really do another Jason versus Freddy kind of crossover. I think Robert England is, I, I mean, I know there's talk about him reprising the role, but you know, he's, he's seven, he'll be 74. You know, he just turned yeah, 74, right? yeah, I, I, Again, uh, Derek Mears can definitely yeah. pick up uh, and do uh, yeah. uh, Jason again. And yeah. I think that that would be great. I think, uh, you know, they, they should maybe do another one. And eventually they probably will. Obviously, COVID shut down studios yeah. for a year and changed people just getting back now. But I'd love to see uh, another one, at least in my, another one or two in my lifetime. Uh, when I think of Friday the 13th, uh, the, the series, I think of... Uh, uh, my childhood and normally you know my policy fuck your childhood but uh <laughs> wanted to get shirts with that on the back um uh, fuck your childhood that's a little inside joke to yes. me and Carolyn because uh people always say, oh my childhood like fuck your childhood um but uh yeah I think of growing up and uh, again those those days of uh getting to go to rated R movies and uh, from coaxing the parents to then to going on our own and then becoming an adult and kind of just watching my life go by in decades, according to almost Friday the 13th time schedule. Yeah. You know, I mean, 1980, I'm 11 years old. And the last one I saw, I was already uh, 40. 
uh, over 40. Yeah. So, so it's, uh, yeah, it's a timeline of your life. So in, in a way, when I think of uh, kind of like the way you, yeah, feel, you measure things, yeah, like, you measure things by that. And uh, I know where I was in 85, oh, and 87, I would graduate high school, like all this stuff that you think about. So yeah, Friday the 13th is definitely part of the, the, the storyboards of a lot of people's lives. Probably a lot of people are listening here. And as goofy as it gets, uh, you can go back and watch it over and over again. Because the only one I probably wouldn't go back and watch, honestly, is, is part five, because of the no Jason factor and the fact yeah. that it's an ambulance driver. Yeah, you know, that'll probably I will be say also one. because I'm an old school gamer, the Friday the 13th Nintendo video game used to scare. It actually still does scares the bejesus out of me because I'm like, I'm a very I'm a very nervous person. So when I play right. video games, I'm always like, oh, my God. And I don't know if you ever played the game, but you have to save the count. You have to save the kids from the um, cabins. So you're right. constantly like walking around at certain points. Jason, there's like a, a noise, a very distinctive where he's, he's like basically right, right. killing one of the kids. And when you go there, Jason will literally pop out of nowhere. Scares the shit out of me every time. And meanwhile, you're supposed to be trying to kill him. So like you're going through rooms and then all of a sudden, boom, there he is. And it would scare oh, the shit out of me. I still have the game. And I play it every now and then when I have some courage, but it only lasts a few minutes. I don't think I've ever, I've gotten even remotely close to beating that game because it scares the shit out of me. Oh, but it's okay. actually a very good game. I've seen it. I've seen the graphics. It right? is. It's it, a yeah. Very, yeah. It's it's very eighties, but it, yeah, it's I've actually a, a decent. Guy, yeah, it. it's a decent game. I'm not. I'm. I like some games. Some games I'm good at, but most games I'm not. But yeah, that was one game. It just I'm too nervous of a person to play it. But yeah, you have to throw rocks at them and knives and stuff. It's it's oh, actually awesome. yeah, it's actually pretty funny. But uh, yeah, for anybody who plays the Nintendo game, if you beat it, drop me a line because I don't even know what happens. <laughs> well, uh, we're almost at three hours. One of our longest I know. shows, actually. Wow, there's, so and, many, um, there's so many. Movies. Before we get out of here, I uh, want to give a shout out to uh, to Jimmy, our producer behind the scenes, to Danielle, uh, who does our graphics for the show. And to uh, Spiro, the owner of the network. And don't forget to subscribe to the Rational Rage Network. If you're not subscribed, subscribe now. And, of course, you can find this pod podcast on all the podcast platforms. If uh, you're not a member of Not Rational Rage, you're listening on Spotify or Podbean or Apple or Google. So, uh, you know, uh, spread the word on the Rational Rage Network. Check out the other shows that are on the network, too. There's a bunch of cool shows on there. Maybe something of your interest, as it covers a lot of different uh, subject matters. After so, you uh, listen to our show. After you listen to our show, of course. <laughs> and, uh, Carolyn, as always, uh, plug your uh, social media pages, Instagram. Yeah, I'm at Baseball Chicky on Instagram and Twitter. You can send messages, suggestions for shows, anything you want to hear. Uh, you guys have been sending me messages about previous shows. It's fantastic. I love it um basewellchicky.com is the website and uh the patreon is supposed to drop i'm hoping this within, week yeah, yes this week, this week. so mm -hmm. hopefully we'll uh, show, uh yes that'll be good to go and uh yeah then you can so, sign up and yeah the, whatever tier you want to join and stuff that's how you can support the we'll show doing and fun stuff yes we'll be doing a lot of fun stuff giveaways we're going to discuss that we'll have them on the tiers and the descriptions uh that you can check out um and yeah that show will be uh dropping this week so uh, a lot going on and it's, we're only building from here, you know, but I uh, want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight and thank you for your continued support. So until the next adventure, Bye, I am guys. Castle and she is Chicky. And we'll catch <laughs> you next time. Chicky, there you go. And we'll check. Well, Chicky is good. Yeah. Well, it's Chicky because of the. You know what? They, they've gotten to know you at this point. Just call you Chicky. Yeah. Chicky right? BC. There you go. Um, we'll catch you next time on the next adventure. Peace.